Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast Remake, an all-new take on your favorite FFTCG podcast, brought to you by Ultimate Guard. John, we were just we were just talking about cranking yonder, but for now we're gonna crank near hither. for the next episode. <laughs> crank hither. <laughs> yes, crank hither for the next episode of the RVA Returners Podcast. Now, boys, we are back, but also safety first. We got a special guest with us today. We need to put hard hats on. We need our our, our, our like brightly Personal colored protective neon equipment. Vest. Yes, yes, we need our PPEs on immediately because we are joined today by the foreman ryan galloway ryan i'm giving you first at bat say hi to everybody what is up everybody glad to be on here good to uh go over some spoilers talk about some board games uh looking forward to getting into it we are definitely happy to have you and of course i'm your host chris adams and with me as always badge and gun he's ready he's ready to rock he's got his he's got his his weekly uh rap sheet he's ready to go john schreiner say hi to everybody <laughs> Hi everybody! <laughs> Welcome to Tool Time. <laughs> I love it. I love Hello, it. everybody. Well, again, glad everybody's here joining us on this fine Sunday morning. I've got my coffee. I've got a great attitude, and I've got good buds. So today we're going to kind of talk about. Um, you know, we we last week we spent most of our time talking about dead card games um and undead card games as it were and just kind of how they're really at the end of the day kind of everything right now is a dead card game because really the community is keeping most things alive but today we're going to switch gears in our main topic and we're going to talk about board games um and we've got you know that's why we got ryan galloway with us here because the, the foreman loves to like break off board game he loves to like Try to try to pretty much meta the board games i would i would assume is that the right way to to i guess to uh is that the best way to describe it there? What you like to do when you put on it when you get into a board game there, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I would I would call it just tryharding a board game like mm-hmm. as much as possible. So um, I don't know. I think you see it with a lot of people, kind of that you meet through the tournament scene. Mm-hmm. Is they're trying to be competitive in tons of their hobbies that they do, sure. and so like board games is kind of the same thing for me. Where a lot of people, it's like kind of a a respite to just kind of do whatever. But for me, it's just another competitive outlet so nice and that's uh that's kind of funny because you know me and john talked about this a couple weeks ago um where it's like uh, my wife has taught me to enjoy board games like i do because she doesn't like playing these super complex board games she's like i want to roll the dice press the thing draw a card move a guy i want to just do that i want the game to play it and i just move the piece um but i but i love games with like super complex rules but i don't think about like i'm just having fun and I know John was talking about how he wants to win. I just want to be. I just want to be. I just want to be at the table. Is how I feel. <laughs> Happy to be invited. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think I align more to John, where I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm pretty much trying to win every single time. I mean, I, I play some co-op stuff. I think that's probably the outlet where it's like more relaxed. But if there's sure. a if there's a competitive board game, I'm trying to win at a. If there's at all a costs. finite winner, if there's a finite I win, you want to be the guy who is a winner is you, basically. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. And then we'll dive more into that here with our main topic. But, uh, you know, first, we've got a lot of, uh, you know, FFTCG to talk about because uh, 
things have been coming in hot and heavy. But what we've done for your listening pleasure, we've taken all of that. We've had our ace reporters out on the street. They're bringing everything back to us. We've got it bundled up, ready for the the morning edition. Now, Foreman, I know I know you're busy here on, on site, uh, but can you tell us where we can find? all of this FFTCG news and all of these great spoilers we have lined up? Oh, man. Could it be the news? All right, so to get started, of course, we're going to start out with, uh, you know, John, you got your paperwork, the, uh, your, your podium's ready for you. We need to know about the Octagon State of the Union. All right, guys, let's let's get our... All right, it looks like we have got uh, just some basic news here for the Octagon State of the Union. Things are going well. We had our first Opus 12.5 event last week. 12.5 is here, John. That's right, it's here, it's here. Um, We had a sighting of almost every starter (coughs) card, I think, Innocence and Emmett Selk were actually the only cards we didn't see, and that's surprising because I think Emmett Selk is maybe one of the better cards. Uh, out of that starter set but anyway um we had 20 players come out it was a big event it was a good time uh we gave out a shadowbringers starter deck for first place which was won by alejandro zieger and he nice. uh, zieger sorry and he played of course um the barrel eye variant guido barrel eye variant of what kind of like the earth wind deck mm-hmm. and the, the now the now infamous guido yes, barrel eye list exactly and now uh He's he started a conversation on it after that event and after just you know playing it for a bit. So that's a that's a whole other thing. It's very <coughs> interesting that's going on right now. Is this BDIF? He wants to know, and people have mm-hmm. some uh, some opinions both ways on this. Um, but yeah, so that was a really great event to see uh, people trying out some of the new cards. I'm hoping that the hype continues into this next week, Chris. And we will be announcing on uh, Facebook today that we are actually giving out a Sephiroth tin for the winner next week. Ooh, so it's going to be uh, going to be uh, yeah, going to be a little bit high right. stakes. It's again the cards of evil is donating one of those um, hard yep. to get tins to the people. And so if we will see. You are curious as to what is in that tin when we. Um... I, I guess you, we still have it on the uh, on our Twitch page where we did when we revealed our spoiler this past week. We actually did an unboxing of a tin, yeah, so you can kind of see what all is in there. Yeah, we we showed uh, the full arts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Went over it. Um, yeah, it's on our spoiler stream from Friday, which was a good time, Chris. It was nice to just get together with the boys and hang out. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so, so that's just the Octagon stuff. You know, we've got that event coming up Wednesday. Um, we're going to go forward with the 12.5. Hopefully we'll be here for a little bit, maybe a little longer than we're used to usually with, um, Mm -hmm. with 13, maybe being a little delayed. We will see, but, uh, but for now, Chris, that's it. We have no updates on the other stuff we were talking about last time. Uh, when Mm -hmm. we, when we know, you'll know. Absolutely. And then, uh, really the only piece of news outside of the just laundry list of spoilers that are just in real time bombarding our newsroom here. Um, the only thing that we, you know, and I, I, it's, I'm pretty sure it's been a while already, or at least a couple weeks, but we didn't cover it, but they've, uh, they've revealed the contents of the boss deck and what that entire list is. I just don't know what that is off the top of my head. I'm sure you can find it on the Facebook pages. Yeah. um, You can actually click and see all the like boss changed cards and like read Mm -hmm. and basically they just like, they range from a, just a better version of the card to like an mm-hmm. unrecognizable version of the card that does a completely different yeah, thing. Like, like Xenos. Yeah, dude, exactly. Like whatever the hell he's doing. Just, yeah. Um, 
but it's pretty neat man and i think that uh we talk about this a lot how it's that pve angle and it kind mm -hmm. of those types of things like um ryan even mentioned a little bit earlier uh the cooperative types of games are really the best environment to bring the people who have these two different mentalities together to enjoy something mm -hmm. together right like the the competitive guy wants his whole team to win so it works out mm -hmm. well right yeah. and the casual guy is just happy to be on the winning team he's along for the ride <laughs> So Absolutely. I think that's going to be a cool product uh, for sure. And if we can find some kind of way to incorporate that into our Octagon events or like run those every once in a while, uh, we will be doing so for sure. Well, what I'd also like to see, and um, again, um, I'm a big fan of this style of product. Uh, I'm a big fan of the, and I, I keep it, I treat it like a board game, oddly enough, the uh, the Magic, the Arch Enemy box set where it's like Nico Bolas is like the boss deck and you have three other decks and they're all pre-cons. They're all meant to play together in the same box. Um, I love that kind of stuff. To me, that to me, that's a board game in just it just in card game form. So I hope we actually get some. I think a, a good supplement product to the boss deck would be like party decks, where like, oh, here's a here's three decks themed around a certain character. Um, let's use those against the boss deck, that kind of thing. Because I think what's going to ultimately happen is, and it always happens, you have these crazy, like, insane, super powerful meta decks, then you've got this pre-constructed boss deck that's probably just going to fold up to these super competitive decks. Um, then we need three-player starters, Chris. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would <laughs> love I would love just a box set with, like, a boss deck and three party decks, and just you just have a, just a great out-of-the-box experience by itself. I think that'll be really cool, and maybe we'll see that. So, I'm here for it. If you yeah, want to uh, buy the boss deck, and then maybe they'll, you know, see there you go. Look at that. The foreman coming down, giving, telling it how it is. No, I agree. <laughs> I think if, if the boss deck does well, maybe that's something we'll see more of. So, but with that being said, the big chunk of our our, our news here, boys, is we have got spoilers. Um, a lot of community spoilers. Um, well, our last cast, the uh, North American spoilers, had not started quite yet, but they have. And boy, howdy, are they! They are flying across the shelf, and we have a lot to go over, so we're going to dive right in. Now, some of these are clearly, there are some that are way better than others, and we're just going to, some of these we're just going to kind of speed round, because there's some that, you know, we've seen in like another form before. Um, we're going to stop and talk about the ones that we think kind of, um, either maybe something that's maybe dual element related, or something that's maybe kind of unique in we haven't seen before or it's just a, a different take on a classic character we've seen so all right i guess we'll go ahead and get started here we're going to start with coral 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 yep we've got a one cp monster uh ice monster he's a one cp 7k uh well he becomes a 7k multi-unit uh tactics advances the category um so when coral enters the field choose one forward opponent controls dull it or freeze it uh, then it damage three coral also be comes a forward with seven thousand power. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a one CP cool. monster. I, I like this a lot more than monsters we've been getting in the last few sets, man. Like, I'll yeah. agree to that. The fact that it becomes a one CP seven K is pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, I think the design space here is super cool. I don't know if this monster itself is like where it's at, but if we start seeing more of these in each color i think there's some really cool opportunities here yeah because like absolutely. so at damage three this thing's a one cp 7k with an etb like like that's yep. kind of wild yeah so maybe maybe we get a cycle of these one cp monsters um and of course it costing one when it becomes a forward there are some you know some implications there related to maybe cards like barts um 
but also it's a one CP monster. It's searchable from realm. Um, I want to say the, yep. So and it's Ritz. tactics advanced. Yep. Ritz. And I also want to say that it's, um, it's searchable off the stilt skin that was spoiled mm -hmm. because it's a one CP monster. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> so not bad. I think it has, it has a lot going for it. Uh, we'll just see what the other, um, maybe the other versions of this type of card bring, but, uh, Next up, uh, mannequins are back on the menus, boys. We got a uh, two CP mannequin backup. We have the Lady of Antiquity. Uh, it's an Earth backup, uh, multi unit, um, and it says the cost required to cast your lightning card named X Death forward is reduced by one. It cannot become zero. The cost required to cast your job mannequin can be paid with CP of any element. I think this one's worth talking about, boys. Wow, what an incredible two CP backup! Like what? Yeah. That's nuts. It reduces the cost of a card that is extremely relevant in any deck that you would be playing this in. And mm -hmm. also, color fixes all of your mannequins just like as a field ability without having to do any kind of tapping or anything like that. Uh, this And it's a multi-unit, so you get the yep. three discount. This is a staple in any mannequin list. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this card, I, I wasn't around when the, the mannequins were played back in the day, mm -hmm. but obviously, like John said, any any mannequin deck is going to love this, and, and we'll see if it's strong enough with the other mannequins that are coming out to uh, to bring X-Death back into the fold. I mean, absolutely. it's like, if you have three of this on your back line, you're reducing X-Death by three, and the downside is like, oh man, well, I guess I have three Earth backups, except just kidding, you can pay for all the mannequins with the Earth backups, but it doesn't yep. matter. It's really exactly. interesting that they like this card fixes its own downside mm -hmm. and like has no downside except for mannequin. <laughs> like like literally the only yeah. downside of this card is mannequins is just too narrow or not very good. So yeah. I think that uh yeah, this is a very incredible for a common. It's solid, especially in a color that doesn't really have a whole lot of worth a damn two CP backups. Yeah. So. Agreed. The multi element, like you said, John, I kind of overlooked, but that's nutty if you have three of them on the field. Yeah. Huge. Good card. I think that's a good card for that tribe. Um, next up, we have a crop of cards here that were, I guess they were, these were spoiled in a magazine. I don't know if this is yeah, another uh, card game or magazine or, or maybe like the poster or something like that. Yeah, it may be the poster, actually. I'm glad you said that it because it could be Because I don't that. think the magazine images they like us to share. So this is probably from uh, like the poster. Because yeah, there's some good shit on this poster. My favorite card that's been spoiled so far is on this. So let's go ahead and talk about it. We'll start with Sync. She's a 2CP fire forward. Uh, job is class 0 cadet, type 0 category, 2CP uh, 5K. Uh, her text is, if you control three or more job class 0 cadet, Sync gains plus 4,000 power. If you control seven or more job class 0 cadet, Sync gains brave. And when Sync attacks, choose a character the opponent controls and break it. Great. Uh, it's a monster title card. We'll call it that. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a type 0 cadet card. That's... it. it goes right in that with everything else yeah i mean uh two cp essentially 9k with three mm -hmm. class zero cadets uh it doesn't say other than sync and Correct. doesn't say forward mm -hmm. so yeah i think uh the if again if mannequins and type zero are in the same exact boat dude the boat that mm -hmm. we left wave at like a couple ports ago yes and uh and they are getting like a big old monster engine strapped to that yeah. thing to catch back up to us no those boats were you remember the scene in pirates of the caribbean when like Jack Sparrow's sailing up to the port, and like the boat's pretty much underwater, and he just steps onto the dock. <laughs> That's literally cadets and mannequins and constructed. Yeah, and now they they found the black pearl. Hopefully, Chris, they're trying to uh, they're, they're basically trying to commandeer any saleable ship, <laughs> and 
and find find some new sea legs in Opus Thirteen. And I Absolutely. think that uh, I mean these cards are they definitely have the right like elevated power level. Like they definitely leapt like two generations past what the cadets were like before. So if they are going to come back I in agree. any kind of big way, uh, I think that these kinds of moves, this and a card we'll talk about later, <laughs> are going to be what puts them there. Yeah, I think this this card reminds me of Han a lot from Waff. And yeah. so like this this card Han was around forever, right? And mm-hmm. wasn't really doing much. And then we got Rain that just like blew the doors open. So I mm-hmm. think um we're still waiting probably on the uh the type zero rain, if you will, but mm-hmm. once we get that, this card will be insane. Um yeah. we'll just have to see if there's enough characters to not have a bunch of uh name clash with backups and forwards and all that but yeah we'll see absolutely yeah the, the there's a lot of lot of upside there uh next up we have a, a two cp ice forward uh her name is charlotte she is a from she is from brave exvius job knight two cp 5k uh her text is summons and abilities of your opponent must choose charlotte if possible at damage three, Charlotte gains two thousand power, and if Charlotte is dealt damage, reduce that damage by two thousand instead. What a neat water effect on an ice card! Yeah, like why do they? Can we not do this? Don't put all these knights in ice. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. these back home. Come home. Yeah, yeah this is a very strange ice ability. Like you're saying, I mean, it's just because she has the job knight. I mean, I mm-hmm. think it's pretty decent though. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a solid two drop. Um, just man, if this, if this was a blue card instead of a baby blue card, I think we'd be in business. Yeah, I do like that. Um, hey, the things the must choose type things are always fun. Um, I think that it's a cool angle for messing with uh, auto abilities and things like that that we like to talk about needing some kind of like a check. Yep. Uh, I like that Ice is approaching that from more than one angle of this set because we see the thing where it's like, okay, if they're dull, they don't have ability, like the remedy and the Sid stuff that's happening, and yeah. now this is a different angle entirely here. Um, it's cool. I mean, it's the right cost. It's got you know for for running out an effect like that, like a a lightning rod, two CP is pretty cool <clears throat> for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. There's not a lot of night support in that color, so <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Well, this next card here is. My absolute favorite card spoiled so far. Oh, it's a boy. New, new Leviathan. It's a 2CP water summon. Uh, category is Final Fantasy Explorers. Uh, it's an EX burst. It says, choose one forward. During this turn, the next time it would be dealt damage, reduce that damage by 5,000 instead. Draw a card. If you have received five points of damage or more, additionally, give all of your forwards. This card cannot be chosen by your opponent's summons or abilities until the end of the turn. Holy shit. That's a lot for a 2CP. Or, well, <laughs> for that, a 2CP, really, one, It's rare. 1CP because well, yeah. you're playing Yuna. <laughs> yeah, this Fuck, card's man. insane. This card is there like, oh, yeah, you guys said we were being bitches with water summons. Oh, yeah, yep. dude. Oh, yeah, hold my beer, dude. Who's being a bitch now? <laughs> yeah, this dude. is uh, uh, the shot in the arm that water needs, right? Mm-hmm. It's everything, it. man. I'm here for it's, it. it. It's everything, man. Like, it's a combat trick if necessary. It's protecting from some burn if necessary. It's a cantrip, so it's going to draw you a card. Um, And then, at the at, then like, the late game, it's a blowout. Yeah, hidden Unzaganashi. Yeah, exactly. Foreman, yeah. what do you think of this guy? Yeah, I mean, this card just 
You talk about like summon scaling. This is like one of the best scaling summons they've ever printed, right? Like mm -hmm. it's it's zero CP when you play it, you get the card back. If you burst, it's plus CP and mm -hmm. and then like you guys are saying, you get the Unsaganashi type effect at five towards the end game. So this is like two CP never dead in your hand. Like yeah. a lot of times you're holding like if you're playing like compare this to Bismarck, like that. This card blows Bismarck out of the water for GCP. Yeah, it I blows agree. it right out of the water. It blows it right out of every water list, bro. Yo. <laughs> Curse well, blue. Like, Get back in the crazy, box. It's crazy when, like, the worst part of this card, like, the fact that it's a burst is, like, the most whatever part of the card. But, like, yeah, it, it makes combat so weird. Like, because if you take a point of damage and you flip that, now, like, your opponent's next attack has become so much more awkward. I'm, like, I'm just going to choose this guy, and now we're just, we're, I'm just going to, absorb your next attack you know what i mean and mm. i'm a draw card so like it's really so i think this card's really really good yeah the one thing i'll say is it's hard to actually get this card to like remove something mm -hmm. um it's not really removal but mm -hmm. i mean i don't think you if it was any better it would be insane so you're I'm removing cards from their hand it. bro they're like kill that yeah guy. like nah mm -hmm. i think not yeah, it, it's a it's in a different way, right? It's like just uh, you just are removing CP from your opponent by they invest in something that doesn't happen. Yep. Yep. And sometimes yep. their card. entire turn or strategy is like make sure this thing happens. <laughs> exactly. I'm excited to tinker around with it, but no, uh, next card's one that I'm not excited to tinker around with. It's a new wool. He's a two CP uh, Earth. Oh, that job forward. is incorrect on this website. Yeah. By the way. <clears throat> Say what? The job that they have on this form is incorrect for him. Uh, is he a wall? Is he a warrior of light or a knight? He is a warrior. He is oh, yeah, a warrior. None of the try again. Yeah, wow. So, so he's just Boy, a, he's just job warrior. Yeah. Uh, he's just real bad then. So he's a he's a job warrior. He's a two CP seven K, um, and uh, category Mobius forward you control other than wool gain two thousand power. When wool deals damage to an opponent, choose one category Mobius Mobius character in your break zone. Add it to your hand. Eh. Good I for wish Mobius he was a knight. Yeah, I mean, I, w I wish he was a knight. I think Kageyama, like, back when the world wasn't ending uh, at Nats, was playing, like, a Mobius list. So it mm -hmm. seems like Hobby Japan likes this category and wants to make it a thing. So I guess you can slot it in there and try it out. I'll, I'll mm -hmm. probably try it out, but... I want to get it... my BFA 2000 power, dude. <laughs> he needs if it. He, if he hits, it's pretty, like pretty nice but yeah 7k is going to be kind of tough yeah not much to talk about there but this next one i'm really excited about we have a new barbaricia we have a new archfiend uh going along with the 2cp theme she's a 2cp win forward category 4 2cp 5k uh when barbaricia enters the field deal 2000 damage times the number of job archfiends forward you control to all forwards your opponent controls at the end of your turn, if you control four or more job Archfiends forwards, you may search for one card named Golbez and play it onto the field. Play it onto the field. Bananagrams. Yeah. We'll start with you, Foreman. Uh, what do you think about this one? <clears throat> Man, I am not the Golbez player, but it reads pretty insane. So you like even just four or six K to the board can be comboed so easily nowadays. Yeah. So and it's <clears throat> Off a single element, off wind, like a two yeah. CP wind card, like yeah. So wow. you just need one other archfiend, and then it can go like. I'm assuming if you have four out, you've already 
done a Golbez, so it just resets your get get another copy of Golbez on the field to mm-hmm. to do it all over again if you get in trouble. Seems seems really good. And what I like about her too, I think she's also just a just a good mono win card because you're she comes in and cleaves for two K. And then that just sets up all your goofy barrel eye shit or your, you know, if she's a good wind ice card. She she's a good just combo cleave piece. I, I like that. I, I think I think she's just a solid, solid card, even by herself. Dude, what you do is you play the six-drop Opus One Legend Golbez, and mm-hmm. you break it, and then you play yeah. four Archfiends onto the field, and Barb mm-hmm. comes in last, and then she goes to your deck and gets a different Golbez and puts him on the field, yeah. the one that cares yep. about the Archfiends, yep. it's just like, or the new Legend that cares about the two-drops. It's just like, yep. uh, yeah, man, uh, gasoline, <clears throat> I think. This is just, it, it's funny because it's like, um, it feels very much like the Opus 1 Golbez, like you're flooding the board with the two CPs, but it's mm-hmm. back onto the theme of Archfiends. I just think it's really cool. Um, I'm here for it. Yep, I can like we, it a lot. Can we talk about this art? Does she have like a glass eye or what is going on? I don't know, but I love it. I absolutely love it. All right. Yeah, I can't tell. It looks like she's got like just that that anime like shine eye. She's got like a sharing gun or something. That's right. No, it's her. Her left eye is closed, dude. Those are her Uh, eyes. So she's just glowing eyes at all times. Yeah, dude. She's Mm -hmm. like a wind deity. All right, I'm down. I'm down. She's here for it. Absolutely. Uh, Next card, I actually like this card. It's a two CP fire lightning forward. Uh, It's a new Noel uh, job shadow hunter. Um, two CP five K. Um, he's category thirteen. Uh, fire lightning if i didn't say that um and when noel enters the field choose one of the following choose one forward you control other than noel until the end of the turn it gains 2000 power and haste uh next other ability is choose up to two forwards deal them 2000 damage and dole them super aggressive card i like it yeah i mean these two elements are what i think of when i think of aggression and yeah. this like color combination hasn't really been a thing in the past that i remember so mm-hmm. hopefully some of these multi cards can get them there. I mean, again, this card scales pretty well. I mean, hate two thousand power and haste in uh, early turns, and then you can mm-hmm. just finish a game with dulling two guys. Exactly. And if you're playing the lightning backup, that gives a category. Is there a lightning backup that gives category thirteen people haste? Yeah, yeah when she, she taps. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep. when she tap taps. to give him haste. So you can pretty much give him haste and then dull two things, and like you said, Ryan, just kind of steal a game out of nowhere. Yeah, I like it. Now, next up, yeah, absolutely. Now, next up's another card I like here. It's a new Cecil uh, 3CP7K, uh, Job Dark Knight Category 4, uh, Earth Forward. Uh, when Cecil enters the field, you may receive one point of damage. When you do so, choose one forward opponent controls. Cecil and the chosen forward deal damage equal to their respective powers to the other. So they fight. We have a Cecil that fights. Um, that fights. Damage three. That's right. Yeah. Man, okay, we'll talk about that in a second. At damage three, Cecil gains a, gains a thousand power in Brave. Man, why could not this have been the Yang from like Opus Eleven or Ten? Mm. But this, like, this should have been the Yang that fights. Why are we putting a Yang ability on Cecil? Now, I like this ability and I like this Cecil because I like the way it's worded. Um, what do you guys think? I love this card. I love everything yeah. about this card. I'm a I'm a big Noctis fan. Uh, the three CP uh, fight Noctis. He's kind of mm-hmm. fallen out of favor, but it's one of my favorite cards. And pairing this with Noctis seems insane. It seems really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like they're just obsessed with like I, I guess it's the dark ability in four that like hurts him when you attack mm-hmm. when he attacks. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of the flavor here. But yeah, three um, three CP AK with Brave is 
that's pretty easy to turn on. Um, yeah. And just for folks wondering, he does get the power and brave before fighting if if his point of damage puts him on three. So field ability, uh, baby. Yeah, card's good. So I, I really like this card a lot. I do too. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're all suckers here for the those carbuncle-y earth water fight decks, the four decks especially. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I'm into this. Yeah, I mean, that's even a Cecil I'd play in uh, monk lists, right? Because yeah, you know, you could flip because a lot of just mono earth monk lists are playing like shit like Titan and Yojimbo. So you well, at that point, race... yeah, you're up to like three Titan, three Yojimbo, Noctis, Robot. Exactly, <laughs> you're just you're just just fucking. And you're hoping for some machine gun, you know? Absolutely, action. I love it. I love it. Nah. Continuing the love, I like this next card here. Um, it's a 1CP Crystal Chronicles backup, so it's immediately busted. Uh, we have a new Larkisius, uh, Job Doctor. The other one was a doctor, I believe. Um, but he's a 1CP backup. Um, he says, Larkisius does not activate during your active phase. When Larkisius enters the field, choose one forward opponent controls. Remove it from the game as long as Larkisius is on the field. What fun. What a fun card. What a cool what? little prison card. Yeah. Why is this card in fire? That's a, it, it, Just like uh, Charlotte, this is, seems like an effect that's very much not a fire effect. I, I was talking about this with a couple of people. If you guys would have... If you just saw the text and you didn't oh. actually see the image, what, what color would you have put this in? Uh, wind. Wind. Interesting. I would have put it in Earth, but I definitely, after talking to a lot of people, Wind seems like... Uh, That's the only color in the game that does that, and it does it on like three different cards. Yeah, yeah the, the, the Dorgan and stuff, and Death Case. Yeah, I, yeah. I could see it. So I, I just thought that was a Wind thing. Uh, it's also, you know, it could literally just be a 1CP Wind backup. All of those things, like checkboxes too, like Wind does that a lot, like uh, NFFCC and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I think they thought it might be too strong in wind with all the activate. Not that you can't pair this with wind, which is kind of the obvious pairing anyways. Yep. But maybe they wanted to make it a little harder. I think it's good. Why one of the things I do like it in one of the reasons I like it in fire is it does give fire just another avenue to deal with a problem forward that they couldn't do before. I will gladly in a fire list turn off one backup just to to get rid of something that maybe th i can't deal damage to this thing you know like a like big like big uh what's his nuts um big phil you can't deal damage to that guy so i'll just larkisha's him out of the way and oh yeah exactly i mean and we talk about how a lot of those fire li or fire x lists kind of stop at mm -hmm. three backups you know they don't yeah, always exactly. get to five they've got the space no problem and that's yeah. a tutorable solution man it's like easy peasy yep. Yeah, you, you they got you put something with FFCC on a backup. You you're just asking for trouble because like again, what what have we said before on this cast, John? What do you give to the category that already has everything? Jesus. Yeah, I don't know, man. I guess uh, just more. More <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I, I really that... like real quick. Okay. I just really like effects like this that you. force you that are extremely powerful, but you can't just like throw it in any deck. You have to actually kind Agreed. of build around it makes for really interesting deck building decisions. So I I, yeah. I like this kind of power level. I'm surprised it's not a hero, actually. This being a rare is pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. so. There's a few of these where I see the rarity and I go, Ooh. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh -oh. That's right. Uh, this next card I actually really like. It's a new uh, Ingus. It's a 2CP uh, Ingus backup. It's a Earth Job Warrior of Light 2CP Category 3. And for Dull... 
Choose one job standard unit forward or job warrior of light forward you control until the end of the turn. It gains a thousand power in brain. You can only use this ability during your main phase. I like it. I like it. It's a solid card. What a wow. good backup, dude. Yeah. Man, I'm so mad. Why do all the earth back two CP earth backups? Like, why does it have this last line of text? Do you, do you think it would that. be do you think it would be broken if it didn't like all the monks are like you can only most <coughs> of them you can only move, use them on your turn? Mm. I don't know. That that last line makes me upset. I mean, it's still solid. It's 2 CP. You can't complain too much, but mm -hmm. I, I don't think it would be too good if it, you could do it on your opponent's turn. I agree. Um, otherwise, I think it's okay against a 2 CP backup that doesn't have too terrible name class, but I feel like if you're playing a Warrior of Light list in Earth, you're probably playing the other Ingus. But I could I could see a world where maybe you would play this over that one because that, that's, a, that's a list that spans every fucking color you know, in the game except ice and I guess ice and lightning. So yeah, it's yeah. half the color pie, really. I think there's room for this Ignis, especially if you're trying to go maybe like just splashing more of the colors because yeah. because the other one isn't too critical and he's especially not very good outside of a like he's just a one CP or sorry one thousand power anthem because yeah. uh, you're not using his ability right in like the multicolor yeah. deck. So it's like this guy kind of is like a pseudo 1000 power, you know, to the guys who need it and brave, but also still has all the scratches, all the like when a warrior of light enters and yeah. like searchable off of the other backup, you know, it's, so now they can search this earth backup off of uh, Sarah FFL, things like that. Just really, um, yep. I think I like that he's, he's not clashing too hard. Absolutely. Um, now, the next card is one I do not like. It's a new Nickel. Um, he's already, Just by being named Nickel, he's already in a crowded space. 2CP5K, um, Water Forward, uh, Brave Exvius Category, Job Tactician. Uh, the multi-element forwards you control gain 1,000 power, and when a multi-element forward enters the field, draw a card. This effect will only trigger once per turn. That's like the worst part. Fuck this card. <laughs> really? I, I don't think... That, <laughs> I have no problems with this card. Uh, he's... Going into multi-element stuff, so he doesn't care about what the other guy does. No, well, I guess I'm more worried about, like, I wish that I could draw more than one card a turn. Like, if you want me to play multi-element cards, reward me for playing more than one. They're already, they're already restrictive in nature how you have to play them. You have to play them with multiple colors, or you have to cheat them in. Let me, reward me by, for finagling my CP more than once to play a second one, right? Like, there's no reason I shouldn't be able to draw more than one card for playing a card that is more difficult to play than another one. You know what I mean? That's my uh, biggest That's fair, I, but I can see that getting out of hand pretty quick, especially with water being one of those colors. And like, man, I'm already just looking at him thinking, like, if I drop him into a Celestia, it's like, she's a 10k who gives me a card mm -hmm. back, and now I've got this, like, uh, this interesting thing where I'm protecting... Like mm -hmm. the anthem that's giving her one thousand extra power, and mm -hmm. just uh, I think that it'll it's a little bit better than uh, than maybe the other one is right now. I think um, I I think maybe if you wanted to put this effect will only trigger twice, but that's kind of like a weird design decision. Like you mm -hmm. usually do only once, or you just unlimit it. Mm -hmm. And I think unlimited is way would be way too strong. Um, they they could get in some trouble there. I mean. The the lock deck doesn't play water right now, but you have Tyro and a bunch of other mm -hmm. things to get water. Oh, you sure anyway. would if, if yeah, if this just kept drawing cards, you just keep right. playing lock for two. Yeah, I mean this already is just 
what it's it's a zero CP for lock that reduces him. So it's um it's kind of like a four CP reduction kind of. It's mm -hmm. uh it's pretty scary with lock. So I think they're being kind of erring on the cautious side with uh, and, and I'll concede to that. I think because the existence of lock, that's a, that, that's the best argument. That's the only <laughs> argument I can even think of. Yeah. But I, I think otherwise just meh. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think it'll see a ton of play unless no. the other uh, ice water stuff, or maybe even the water earth, but it seems like water earth is going kind of the summon route. So we'll mm -hmm. see. Absolutely. Uh, next up, we have some more spoilers. These were from the, uh, I guess there was another uh, like fanfare kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the online fanfare stream. We have some more cards from that. Dude, the art on this card is beautiful. 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 Um, Yes, indeed. We have a 4CP 8K. It's a new Sid Hayes job engineer. And what category is he? I can't really tell. Three. three. Category three. Um, so he says, when Sid Hayes enters the field or attacks, activate all the job engineer you control. For Dull, choose one forward other than Sid Hayes. It gains 1,000 power for each job engineer you control until the end of the turn. Now, uh, Foreman Galloway, I know you said you were, uh, you were really hype about this card. I'll go ahead and let you start. What do you think? I am... Uh... The lines of text on this card are insane. Both of them are nuts. They work really well together. Obviously, we don't have a ton of engineers right now, but this card, even if they print even just like one or two more on color, um, there's there's the Sid 2 backup, which activating him is you know pretty scary. Yep. Um, I think Wind Lightning is where he belongs right now. If you want to try to make it work, I'm, I'm definitely going to try it out just because the lines of text are so nutty um like if you have two engineers out he's a two cp um Paul and Dina is a ak too, right yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. so it's like... are, are mid and sid previa are they job engineers as well they are in lightning yeah, yeah okay so yeah maybe when lightning is the way to go yeah you have lid in lightning and you have sid fcc who doesn't really do a whole lot although there's mm -hmm. more counter stuff coming out so maybe he'll be worthwhile eventually and then you've got um, the previas yep you've got the previa. previas and paul and dina i think are like the mm -hmm. the big ones let me see if there's any I others seven said that they're all bad right well yep. the, the one the one that bounces isn't terrible actually none of the ff7 sids are in job engineer i just really did a, i just did a google i don't know captain? what they are captain probably job doofus okay. <laughs> but yeah i mean i just <laughs> think the lines of text on here <laughs> are nuts um he activates himself when he attacks which is kind of neat yep yeah, so cool. you I always have the buff it. up yeah mm -hmm. cindy is yeah. on right in, in earth cindy is an engineer yeah cindy so cindy luca castellian empire sid the the counter guy again and then there's some crappy fire ones that you're probably not gonna go down oh, so highwind's job is pilot job goof lame maybe we'll get maybe we'll get a sid highwind in this set that's uh engineer that would be maybe. sweet that would be nice so yeah neat card uh obviously a, a um a cornerstone for another tribal type synergy uh next up we have the other half of the sid randall puzzle we have a new remedy uh job is job queen uh she's a 3cp7k ice four tactics advance is her uh, category uh when your opponent searches for one or more cards your opponent discards one card from their hand. When your opponent discards a card from their hand due to your summons or abilities, you may search for one card named Sid Randall and add it to your hand. This effect will trigger only once per turn. 
Um, the first half, like the second half of the cards, whatever. The first line of text is pretty solid, I think. I think it's cool that the first line triggers the second line. So she, yep. this is literally like her, uh, spoiler alert, this is a mm-hmm. pain in the dick of a boss fight in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's basically countering your spell here, which is just like, I think that the mm-hmm. flavor is kind of cool. Like you search for the thing and then she, uh, she repeats what you just did. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you search for a card. Well, then she makes you discard a card, and then immediately she does what you just did, and she searches the card for a card, and it gets Sid Randall. And it's mm-hmm. just, uh, I think that's kind of neat that the the tax isn't just a tax. It's like you plus off of it, too. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the most attractive, like, taxing kind of card that I've ever seen because of that reason. Right? Like, it's not just, oh, they are punished for doing the thing. It's like they're punished and I'm rewarded because they did the thing. So me calling that shot just feels mm-hmm. that much better. And speaking of attractive, obviously, this is beautiful artwork. It does come in a full art. Shout out to Twitch it chat for uh, the, the OnlyFans uh, full art edition. Yeah. <laughs> you paying the OnlyFans premium for the full art. Love it. Fucking love it. Yeah, no, solid card. What do you think, Foreman? Yeah, I like it a lot. I think you can actually... I think it's reasonable just to play this card and just use this at Randall's as CP. Mm-hmm. Um, I think though Randall's probably good enough to play. I haven't taking a look at it, but I think this card alone is, is good enough, like John said, just kind of comboing it into itself and using it as kind of like a pseudo-flan if you want is is fine. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and then the last card that was spoiled, I believe this is a legend, but I can't tell. It's a um, Fire Lightning. It's a new version yeah, of 9. Yeah, it's, it's an L. Okay, it's a Class 0 Cadet. Uh, it's a 6 <laughs> CP 9K. I love the corner. It's a 9 that costs 6. Yeah, we've got the giggity, giggity. corner up there. <laughs> Um, nice nice so the the text here is you can dull one active fire job class zero cadet forward and one active job uh, active lightning job class zero cadet forward instead of paying cp cost to cast nine so you can dull two two cadets one of fire one of lightning to to cast nine uh when nine enters the field or attacks choose one forward opponent controls until the end of the turn it loses two thousand power for each each job class zero cadet you control there's a lot of class zero cadet in that um i think the card's okay i mean obviously we need to see more lightning and fire class zero cadets um hopefully we'll get some that were maybe in wind from a previous set maybe we'll see those in a different color um i like the fact that you can pretty much play him yeah (laughs) yeah i love the convo cost on him i love the fact that I mean, his his power reduction is not relegated to forwards. So, I mean, when he when he does get to attack, you know, he could easily nuke something. And then you've got the other one, the sink that, you know, if you've got enough uh, class zero cadets, you've got nine shrinking and killing things. And then you've got, you know, sink breaking backups and pretty much just fucking your opponent's board up. So card's fine, I think. Uh, The best part about him is that they made a legend power level cadet that's not ace yes that's which is very very nice yeah yeah i, I think i think i think the card's fine i I was complaining um earlier i it, it just doesn't feel kind of like the power level is legend but mm-hmm. i was really I, I look forward to all the multicolor legends kind of like opening up new design space or doing something like really unique mm-hmm. um and and this doesn't really do anything super unique it's just like a super efficient body which is which is fine. Um, I'm kind of bummed that the Earth Fire like multicolors are being kind of forced into Type Zero. Like the Null was so cool, and if we could have gotten two other generically good 
fire lightning, lightning, then it would have been, you know, I think it could have pushed an archetype, but now they're kind of stuck in type zero. But I mean, the card's fine, and type zero players will be really happy with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I, we always talk about is that legend cards, usually you can tell, like, oh, this is the thing that makes this an L. Like, whether or not it's good, it's unique to the game. Like, it's a new thing. Um, but this one, and, and I mean, I'm sure because that's always true, that that is probably technically true from some angle, but it's just like, okay, we already have the uh, the Convoke type stuff in Sky Pirates, right? And we already have the, uh, the like, I think literally the other copy of 9 does the same thing, right? When he attacks, he reduces power based similar. on the number. Yeah. So, so yeah, when we say it's pretty similar, that exact difference is probably, oh, there's not a card with the exact phrase that this card has, and that's the L difference. But like you said, uh, when I'm looking at an L, I'm looking for, like, what exciting new, like, mechanic or new angle it takes. And, uh, you know, he's just like, an, like we said before, he's an upgrade. Uh, he's just a better ship. The, the other yeah. ship is underwater, dude. He's he's more yeah. saleable than that, you know? So it's, Exactly. Yeah, a little bit disappointing, maybe. Yeah. And we'll we'll see we'll see what that whole puzzle looks like because obviously you know you're being forced into a class zero cadet deck like you know the foreman just said so we'll see maybe the rest of those pieces turn that guy into a monster because I mean really like we you know just to not to beat the dead horse but like you look at a card like Rain right she is definitely the piece that Waff needed maybe and that she wouldn't be that good if you didn't have like the lawns that were really good or even uh, Juan if she didn't exist or you know I mean, these cards that are Ferris. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fair. It's another one, exactly. Right, um, Ferris so was maybe. like pushed Warrior of Light into. Yeah, no, this is generically good enough for like all these different Warrior of Light decks. Uh, yep. Even this is uh, doesn't let you experiment outside of these two cadet colors. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's not even like a more generic Type Zero thing. It's uh, it is Lightning Fire Ownery. So yeah, and we'll see again. It's going to be really. The power of this card is going to be determined by what other fire and lightning cadets that we get. So, all right. Well, next up we have another ice uh, forward here. It's a three CP eight K category Brave Exvius. Name is Levnato, uh, job member of the orders. Uh, when Levnato enters the field, you may reveal any number of summons from your hand, which I already don't like. You may reveal no. Well, when you reveal no summons, put Levnato into the break zone. When when you reveal two or more summons, choose one, don't forward and break it. Um. I, I don't really care about this card. Again, I'm one of those people, I don't really like revealing cards from my hand. Um, maybe the only exception is, especially if it's like something like that, like I don't mind revealing forwards from my hand, like with the Opus 12 Dragoon, because those guys are coming in right after. I don't like revealing tricks that I have in my hand just to maybe break a dole forward. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really a fan. What do you guys think? Seems like this is kind of, I don't know if they're actually going to do a full cycle, but it this feels like the ice version of that Cecil we were talking about. I mm-hmm. think it's quite a bit worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking you need at minimum eight summons. I think probably ten to like reliably get this effect off. Mm-hmm. And it's already conditional on it being a dull forward. So yeah, I'm not... that's the highlight I was about to make. Because like, man, yeah. even after it's like conditional on three different angles. Yep. So I'm not a I'm not a huge fan. It is a three CP eight K, which Ice doesn't get too often. And so if you just reveal one summon, you get to keep it. But I, I don't think that's good enough in in today's FF meta. So also the Ice summons in general are so conditional that I hate being like, oh by the way, here's my thing. If you dole <laughs> that guy, uh, he dies. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh boy, don't dole that guy. I, I hope you know. Like that's what uh, I'm saying. I don't like 
ice already had and i'm glad you you know you added that little thing to it because like i like you said their summons are already so conditional and if i've got this trick i don't want my opponent to know that i have it and just just to put a three cp 8k on the board i, I don't the, the juice is not worth the squeeze on this one yep agreed but next up we have an even bigger tuna it's a seven cp vermilion <laughs> birdless even bigger. tuna Largest even bigger tuna, tuna. That's right. The largest tuna. Uh, she's a backup. Job C. Uh, when Vermilion Bird Ketuna enters the field, you may search for up to two summons and add them to your hand. Uh, for Dole, remove all the summons in your break zone from the game. Choose a forward. Deal it 2,000 damage for each summon removed uh, by this ability's cost. I don't know, man. I, I think the days of playing summons or like 7 CP backups that aren't like Shantoto. Kill two like, guys. I, I, I just, <laughs> right. I just don't think... Yeah, I mean, yes, you can technically say that it's it's a three CP backup because you're getting two summons back. I just but don't like, think you're casting either of those summons that turn. Like, that's it, it what doesn't I'm make any sense as a like uh, this is happening now kind of combo piece. And then it's mm -hmm. like, ah, man, it's just like the slowest yeah. kind of effect it's, it's for them to have all the time in the world to respond. And they just showed you the two summons that they searched for. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Beautiful artwork, though, but it's just a just a seven CP do nothing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, what do you think, Foreman? Yeah, I'm pretty mixed on this card. I mean, it's nice that the summons aren't element locked, so you can go get any summon you want, which is which is pretty cool. But I think it's probably too slow. Um, yeah. This is the first backup you can put on put in off of Orin that actually gets you stuff if you're trying to meme. But um, I think it's just a little too slow. I'd be happy to be proven wrong on this, though, depending on what you can do. Sure, absolutely. If I see a card, like, I, I'm a sucker for big bomb cast costing cards. Because, like, I think if a card's going to cost you that much, it needs to do something that's going to really impact the next BFA. <laughs> Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think you need a card that's going to have an impact. And, like, you know, the benchmark used to be playing 7 CP for the Phoenix summon that brought a 3 drop back, right? And then, like, mm -hmm. like Zodiac, <laughs> Ultimate. Right, <laughs> right. And now when you have these 7 CP cards, yeah, it's totally. like, oh, it's a BFA. But, like, you know, it, it's like a BFA now, or I'm trying to think of another 7 CP cost card, uh, Sephiroth, you know, shit like that. Um, I just don't think this matches the level of any of those other cards that we just named. Yeah, it's also kind of weird, like, you could potentially play this in the effort deck, but then it just removes all your summons from the break zone and you yeah. want them all there for Frida. Like you want your Odins in the break zone if you're trying to do the Odin thing in some weird fire lightning. So I, I don't see a great application right now. Yeah. And again, like I want to I want to be proven wrong on this card because I, I, I like I like what it's doing. I just don't think it's worth the cost. Um but next up, a card that is worth the cost. We have a second Category 13 Searcher. We have a 3CP backup, uh, Lumina, Job Mystery Woman. Is this like uh, Lightning's Daughter or some shit? Does this I, not I just guess. look exactly like Lightning? I don't know. I think oh, it get, is get Lightning. Rob on the horn. From, from what I heard, it, it is, is Lightning. Okay. okay, I don't know. Dude. You I can go so. ahead and spoil Final Fantasy 13, the, the greater yeah. series for me. I don't know. Yeah, if there's ever a category. Uh, cat but I'm like, isn't Final this Lightning? Game, <laughs> this looks like, it looks a little bit like Lightning yeah. and Sarah like, in a blender exactly. together. It's their it's their fusion dance. The third sister. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Is what it is. <laughs> but uh, she's a very simple card. When Lumina enters the field, you may search for one category thirteen forward and add it to your hand. Card is excellent. Uh, it's th this is the second time we've seen two category searchers, but this is the first time that they're actually in the colors that you fucking want them to be in. Mm -hmm. That's good enough. 
Yeah, this yeah. is no uh, Journey Wind FFL Searcher nonsense going on here. This is uh, this is bread and butter, no name clash, Final Fantasy Thirteen tutoring and color. Yep. Yeah, card's fine. Yeah. Yeah, just a. It's fine. It is what it is. We'll see play. We'll certainly see play. Yes, we'll certainly see play. All right, next up, we're back on the mannequin train. We have a three CP backup mannequin and lightning, uh, Del- delusory warlock. Also yeah, multi-unit. Um, the ca- uh, just like the other one, the co- the cost required to cast your lightning card name your lightning card name X Death Forward is reduced by one. It cannot become zero. When Delusory Warlock enters the field, you may search for one job mannequin other than lightning and add it to your hand. You well, literally you go find guy? the two drop earth backup and then you play it and you just keep reducing X deaths to zero or man, you damn just, near. just jumped all over the form in there, didn't you? You, you, you took his hard hat off. <laughs> Did you, I thought you said, What do you guys think about no, this? No, I said, What do you think, Foreman? <laughs> uh, well, I'm the Foreman now. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. I'm the Foreman now, dude. What the hell, dude? This is like, like they are, uh, you want to talk about pushing something, man. Wow. Yeah, this, I mean, this this is going to get pretty nutty. Um, I was just looking because I'm not super familiar with the X deaths. Like I said, they're all um, kind of older. But even if you don't play the mannequin X death, like, I mean, the, the Grand Cross one, I don't yes. know. Like, there's some weird interactions the back where. The, like, resurrects guys. Oh, you yeah, like the six drop back. Uh, well, yeah, uh, so it's, it's forward. Yeah, it's you're forward, right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I don't know. It, this is going to be really interesting to see. Um, I think we we got a final mannequin too, um, across all colors. I, I'm not an X Death player, but just the fact that, it, um, like we said earlier, that these are multi element and reduce each time, or not multi element, multi uh, card. Mm-hmm. That that's gonna get gonna get crazy so now, now here's my here's my question is the lightning legend like a like a 10 cpx death that just that just does something stupid that'd be great dude it's just like it's like an insanely high cost it's literally just a picture of a tree outside like a, yes. just a picture of a tree. <laughs> it's the splinter dude it's when he turns into the splinter he's like ha, 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 dude got you i was a splinter on your shirt the whole time 12 cp splinter Got you good, you fucker. Job, job wood. splinter. Yeah, job splinter. <laughs> I uh, love it. But no, solid, solid card. You're clearly playing this. Uh, probably three of these, and if you're going the mannequin route, solid stuff. Uh, next up's another fun card. It's a uh, it's a wind lightning uh, forward. It's a two CP job warrior four two CP nine K job uh, category. Pardon me, is brave Exvius Kunshira the cat warrior. Um, meow indeed let's read the text on this old boy or gal i don't know uh has haste innately which is good uh if you control four or more backups kunshira loses three thousand power womp womp uh and for uh, it has an s tempest spellblade for just s lightning and wind activate kunshira until the end of the turn all forwards opponent control lose four thousand power and kunshira gains first strike and kunshira can attack once more this turn it's a heroic I like it. Yeah, there's a lot of text on this card. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art is like crazy pretty, in my opinion. And it's not a full art. It's which is oh yeah, that's a that's a tragedy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the card's sweet. Promo in the future gives uh, wind lightning a um, kind of plugs a gap where it needed kind of like a low cost threat to really pressure the board. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think 
when lightning can definitely make do on three backups and then it's not the worst if you just go to four she's probably already done her job i like it a lot i like the idea of breaking like a fourth backup in like combat Oh yeah, that's sweet. And like I plus three yeah. K and something else. <laughs> like yep. backups yeah. like Scholar or Rafa or Crow Luce. Crow Luce. Or even like the backup ninjas and wind to rip one of their backups away. Like not only did I just fuck you in combat, I just took away one of your backups. Like so backups four and five can definitely be breakable ones. Yeah, I like that a lot. And the and the uh special is uh shades of of alua special obviously doesn't give the haste to everyone which is kind of what the alua one was used for but four thousand to the board her. is scary dude just think about it, those rain s abilities what a mediocre card rain was and how his s was mm-hmm. just that good <laughs> you know it's just well, like I don't know, and that's wrong. especially in in wind lightning they um care a lot about like if if there's any minwu effects around like this helps a lot with that yeah. Um, like actually lowering their power enough where they can actually take enough damage to die. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I like this card a lot, and Golbez searches for it, the legend, in the same kind of multicolor, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, the uh, new legend, Golbez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Also, just funny as a new haste uh, 9k for old Golbez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> it's just pop now they get three nine k's <laughs> so stupid awesome awesome well next up is a card i actually really enjoy it's a nutella oh Not tell to be us about with it the, deli- <laughs> the delicious hazelnut spread nutella uh it's a four cp <laughs> ice backup so tella has now jumped from fire into ice um it's an ex burst so four cp backup um job sage uh category i'h uh, sorry bleh, category four and uh pictologica uh, EX Burst. When Tella enters the field, choose one summon in your break zone and add it to your hand. Awesome. And then tap, discard one summon, put Tella into the break zone, uh, choose one dole forward, deal it 3,000 damage for each CP required to cast the discarded summon. You know, because Meteor, right? Get it? I don't get it. Can someone explain the flavor on this card to me? No, I, 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 don't... I haven't played for it, so Is it I because can't. Tella searches for summons? Oh, wait, no, you actually can't? Uh, they, yeah, he he sacrifices himself, joke. casting a big old meteor. Nice. Yeah, it seems to be the the all the Tellas do something like this. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's a good card, right? It's uh you know it's it's another one of those good suite of one of four CP ice backups. It's going to get you a card back. It has another effect. The only downside is like, man, we need some like good high cost ice summons because most of the good ice summons are going to cost you like one or two. Like, the only one that's really costing you anything is maybe the 4CP Zolera, but I feel like you're just not really playing that card anymore. So you'll never really get his second ability. Really, ever. I want to create an ice deck where everybody just has silver hair. Is that, like, every good ice card? (laughs) Maybe. It's like like Sephiroth's all the, like, Isale backup even, like, Eodolos, like, Snow kind of, like... Like We're I was just close. thinking about how like this is just another great Emmett Silk card. It's just like Emmett Silk's Rogues Gallery of old men on four cost backups that are just like incredible, like one ofs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Next up is a card that I really don't like. It's our spoiler. It was the uh, the wa- it's a new <laughs> Ultimisha. It's a two CP five K. She is water and ice. Um, she has she's job witch category eight. Uh, when Ultimisha enters the field, select one of the two following actions. Uh, your opponent discards one card from their hand. 
choose one water character you control, return it to it, uh, return it to its owner's hand. Uh, Foreman, I'm going to let you talk about this one. Uh, if you want to hear what me and John think about this one, go back and watch our spoiler uh, reveal. Because um, I'm personally not a fan. But go ahead, tell, s- sell me on this one, Foreman. Oh, I don't know if I'm doing much selling here on this card. I mean, I I was kind of commenting in your guys' stream while we were talking about it. I don't mm-hmm. know why this is a 5K. I guess they're concerned about the abilities. But if you compare this to, like, Earthwind Prish, uh, she has, like, two somewhat similar effects, and she's a 7K for 2CP. Like, this thing is just so small for the restrictions you put on it. Um the bounce one character is interesting, I guess. It's a lot more generic than some of the other um, 2CP stuff let you do. So maybe they were concerned about that. But yeah, I'm I'm not a not a huge fan of this one. Let's you bounce your Renoa if you're doing Final Fantasy VIII blinks yeah. and stuff. But uh, we'll see. Happy to be proven wrong, but I don't, I don't think this same, one's. Uh, same. I don't I'm think this one's going to do too much. Yeah, I'm yeah, also happy to be proven. Mm-hmm. She's right, a witch, up. but there's yeah. the witch synergy isn't really much of anything either. So yeah, yeah moving on. The, the yeah, the, you the tried, you tried. <laughs> yeah, I, I respect the effort. You threw you put one in. last dart at the board, <laughs> <laughs> and it just sw- sailed left and hit the dartboard next to you. Hit like right. the wall, like outside <laughs> the dartboard, and we're like, oh, leave, let's leave, let's leave, let's leave, let's get, get out, get out, get out. Yeah. Next up is another car that really don't care about. It's a 2CP water backup. It's a new Fina, uh, category Brave Exvius, job Blue Mage. Uh, when Fina enters the field, choose one forward opponent controls. If you control a category Brave Exvius forward, return it to its owner's hand. Eh. So this is about as good as Bounce is going to get. Um, yeah. So, which is kind of cool. It's like Big Phil running around, you know. It's like a, it's a nice clean answer to some of those new, um, big ETB guys that are maybe are dealing you damage, like Cecil and him, that are like maybe you know you, they make you think twice about reusing them. Yeah, you put this in. The only application I immediately saw was uh, like Firewater Knights with your rain on the field. He's an FFBE. Like you have like the Steiner and and this card that are both bouncing. Maybe you can kind of tempo them out. Um, I think it's a little better than people are giving it credit for. It's but the name is kind of weird. I guess we'll we'll see. I I could see some applications here. It sucks that you can't bounce your own stuff. Yeah, like if bounce gets better as just a mechanic, you know, if it ends up being like, hey, uh. Like there are more things like Philia that are better for us to bounce, and all of a sudden that's right. it's cheap enough that it's a good temporary answer for things. Uh, then yeah, this card I think for sure finds a home. I just don't know if that stuff will be enough. That's all. Yeah, bounce is getting a lot worse with all the ATBs. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, we'll see. Yep. Uh, next up is a card I actually really like. It's a two CP uh, Palum backup. It's a fire backup. Uh, job is Black Mage. Uh, Text is when Palum enters the field, choose a forward, deal it 4,000 damage. If you control a card named Porum, forward, deal it 8,000 damage instead. Um, I like this card. Um, you know, obviously it gives, um, what's her name? Magissa, uh, Lenora. Does, oh, well, well, yeah. Well, Magissa, <laughs> it also gives Lenora a little bit more umph if you're playing some oh, sort of yes. fire water list. Yeah. Um, any ba- again, backups that search backups, especially if they can fix your colors is perfect but uh yeah a great card with magissa as well i think that's probably its biggest application and it's a good two cp backup with zero name clash 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, no name clash. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Porum line is just gravy on this thing. If you get yep. that, this card is insane value. Mm -hmm. um, but like John said, just the un the unrestricted 4K anywhere opens up a yep. lot of possibilities that I think most people you're only able to do with Irving at this point, um, yep. at least on entry. So mm -hmm. yeah, this is nice. Yeah, I like it, especially if you, you put them in that kind of weird situation where you have the 2CP Porum the forward porum with like good summons in your break zone, you play this guy, are you gonna are you gonna kill my porum? Let me get a summon back just so I can not kill something already. You know what I mean? Like you put him yeah. in a really neat, really neat pickle. Or even yep. just like the Leonora gets you um just like it's cool that she finds both pieces of this combo. Mm -hmm. Like so it's like if you have one you just search the other one and you kinda guarantee yourself that AK. Yep. Like in the yep. in the all of that same turn. It's just like and you figure it's like the two K or sorry, 2K, 2CP forward, 2CP backup, mm -hmm. uh, and also deal AK. Like Jesus, that's a that's real efficient. Yeah, solid card, solid solid card. I think it'll see play in some ex uh, in uh, some list to any extent. Um, next up, well, we, we got a right, foreman. Put your hat on. We are tooled <laughs> up. We got we we are wrenched up. We got our new man, our <laughs> new Sid Paladina, uh, 3CP win backup, EX burst. Uh, job engineer, and he uh, he's just the cards we're looking for here, Foreman. Uh, EX Burst. When Sid Paladina enters the field, you may search for one job engineer forward, which means search for Sid Hayes, and add it to your hand. The deck's building itself for you, bud. That's right, dude. It's all coming together. That's uh, right. It's all coming up, Sid. <laughs> it's all coming up, Sid. Um, yeah, this card's good. Obviously, if you're building that deck, it's going to be awesome in there. There's basically no name clash because the other SIDs are pretty bad. Yep. And uh, yeah, EX Burst is really nice. It's going to be uh, a mainstay if you try that build. Super good. Yeah. You, I like you know the Citadel of Ricks from Rick and Morty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Citadel of SIDs. <laughs> yeah, the dude, Citadel. This, it's the, <laughs> the Citadel. Oh my God, dude. That's, that's, like, that's the deck, dude. It's just like all of the SIDs. From, it's like a multi-universe yes. SID gathering. It's like they are having a fucking conference, dude. Yeah, They've rented creating... out the convention center, dude. They all got like their badges on. And it's just that's like, right. hello, my name is. And they all just say SID. And it's just yeah. like... <laughs> SID Paladina, Universe 6. <laughs> universe I'm, 6, I'm, dude. I'm making the uh, the deck on FF decks as we speak. Citadel, Citadel, the dude. Citadel, <laughs> the Citadel. And my man here is wrenched up. He is ready. He is ready to <laughs> fucking up. fix something. Hello, my name is Sid. They all just kind of they, they make dad I'm sounds trying. in the audience. <laughs> Hi, Sid. You know they they, they have all these like Try. little contests, dude. They have like beard contests, like wrench throwing contests, like. Oh, we we need to work that into the name of the episode somehow. The Citadel. Yes, the Sid Adele. I love it. See now, now, now that we've done that, now you've sold me, and now, I, now I want to build this list, dude. I'll, I'll ship it to you. Don't worry. Ship it, ship it. <laughs> Just toss it to me on a wrench. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I'm glad we had a good laugh because the next card is just a fucking. Is head it, the shaker. next card's a good laugh. Yeah, oh boy. It's, I don't know if it's a good laugh, but it's a, it's a gas. That's for sure. It's a new squall. <laughs> So 2CP Ice Backup, uh, Category 8, uh, Job Seed Candidate. Uh, for Dull, put Squall into the break zone. Your opponent discards one card from their hand. You can only use this ability during your turn if you control three or more Category 8 characters. <sighs> this just proves my point that all the side characters in FF8 suck. Because they clearly can't think of any other person to make cards of, but like, Squall this could have been anybody else. This literally could have been anybody Squell. else. 
it's just make, make... it's just squell with his face like with the original like i'm the best looking guy here it's just like a yes i don't care dude like t-rex or backup like something dude i just need like, give me like a squall. headmaster sid something yeah another sid for the citadel dude yeah. i need another sid god knows but like we get this shit because i and, what, and here's what really sucks right like i don't well there's two things that really suck about this card first of all like i wish you could search with selfie. I wish you could search any job seat candidate. The other problem, the other problem is, is you can't use this ability without having other category eight characters. But if you're playing a category eight deck, Squall is usually like the centerpiece of that deck because like all the Squalls are really good. <laughs> yes, yeah, or four different Squalls yeah. that are good in the Final Fantasy eight deck that are all better cards than this. Yes, absolutely. Not much to talk about that one. That card's shit. So Yikes. moving on, unless you've got one more rib for it there, Foreman. No, I got nothing. Get this out of my sight. There we go. They used one Get of those coolest gunblades, and then they covered the entire gunblade with a text box. So it's just like yes, with shitty text. So it said ninety percent of the card is just you get his like forearms. That's <laughs> you right. You get like that upper arm, nice tank top look there. Oh fuck that guy! All right, <laughs> next up we have a card that was uh, that I was spoiled this morning. The next two are actually ones that were pretty fresh. Um, it's a two. It's a new vanilla. She's a two CP six K job saint category thirteen. She's an Earth uh, four. And I, this will be my first time reading this card. Vanilla cannot attack or block. Already don't like it. Um, at the <laughs> end of each of your turns, now I definitely don't like it. Place one Soul Song counter on vanilla. Remove two Soul Song counters from vanilla. Choose a forward in your break zone. Add it to your hand. Remove four Soul Song counters from vanilla. Choose one forward in your break zone and play it onto the field. That's a big ask, keeping her around for four turns, huh? Well, you're basically, like, playing this, like, weird artifact-esque thing. <laughs> and and you're like, hey, the only way that you can kill this is by, like, removing a forward. But it turns out, removing a two-cost 6k forward is very easy. It doesn't yes. have any of the benefits of being a forward. It has all the drawbacks of being easier to remove than monsters. Um, it's practically and, and a wants backup. to stay on the field for, let me get this straight four turns to do one cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a hard... That's going to be a no for me, dog. They couldn't have just made her a sword saint, so I had some reason to play this card. This is, uh... Man. I wish it was... I, I wish this was a monster. Oh, man. Mm. If, if this was a monster, it would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, on a monster, beautiful. And it would force people to actually potentially... Uh, worry about monster removal. Like right now, no one cares. No, it's because um, I mean, if they do play a monster, you're just like, oh wow, whoa, look at that. Lock has a fourth line of text. Right, right. <laughs> well, boy, howdy, dude. You, you like blow, <laughs> you like uncover with your little archaeologist brush. You like brush it off a little <laughs> bit of sand, and you find the fourth hidden line of text. Oh, lock can break a monster. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, like John said, this says uh, it's basically a monster that you can just kill anytime you want. Um, if if we ever get, it seems like they're being really careful with uh, counter interaction, like interaction with counters on cards. Uh, if we ever get something that can like add counters to your own stuff, you know, maybe this can do something. But four is still a lot. Sid. So. Yep. Yeah, maybe we get yeah. a Sid. <laughs> but indeed. So yeah, cards okay. Um, it's whatever. Um, not gonna play it. Last one here. Well, this one's hot off the press. Is our last spoiler before we get into the meat of this thing. Uh, it's a new mannequin, but this one is uh, in wind. It's a forward, finally. It's a 2CP 
uh, 5K win forward, Counterfeit Youth. Um, if you control four or more job mannequins, Counterfeit Youth gains 3,000 power. Haste and Counterfeit Youth cannot be blocked by a forward of cost four or more. Dude, they used to call me the Counterfeit Youth. <laughs> Back in the day. Uh, yeah, I mean, this card. this card's clearly going in that mannequin deck, right? That's slowly building itself. I like it. Yeah, yeah so he ends up being an 8K with haste that can't be blocked by, you know, anything that's an 8K, basically. Uh, well, that's yeah. not true, because the three-cost checkup these days, huh? But, I mean, the, you assume if you have the um the X-Death out, right, who the X-Death is, uh, he's a six-cost that gives mannequins, what is it, 2,000 power, and then uh, he plays mm -hmm. a mannequin of four or less when he comes in. So you figure this guy is the guy who's getting nice and cheap, so he's going to cost, like, two or three, he comes in... Uh, he's pumping this guy up by another two. So yeah, I think that uh, basically any mannequin uh, that has an even somewhat interesting ability is just gonna, you know, make the cut. This is like build your own Yastola. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> you have to assemble it. Out. Some assembly required. <laughs> it's a right. counterfeit. It's, it's, the, counterfeit. it's the IKEA Yastola. <laughs> yeah, it's the counterfeit Yastola. That's right. I mean, it'll be good in that deck for sure. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree, I agree. So yeah, so there's a lot coming up here, Opus 13, uh, before we move on to our main topic. Uh, Foreman, is there a, a spoiler that you've seen so far for Opus 13 that just has you, that just has your uh, your pants in a bunch? Um, Besides Sid Hayes, dude, I'm so yeah. excited for Sid Hayes. Pro probably him. I really like the new Cecil that we talked mm -hmm. about. Um, let me look through. Oh, the new, I think I'm a sucker for Onion Knight, so the Fire, mm -hmm. Wind, Onion Knight, I'll probably nice. try to meme around with and then uh i think the new leo is insane um, yeah, new leo very cool yeah very good yeah card. that card is man crazy value one drop just yeah big big crystal fan chronicles checks all the boxes mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um so yeah you know big fan of those say. oh yeah well, i was gonna say like for me it's leviathan there's just no there's no there's not even a close second uh how about you john tholomew uh, so yeah, there's a couple here that I think are really cool. Um, I do really just like mid. I mean, it's not like I'm not trying to like build a deck around mid or anything, but I just like, first of all, back attack is just so fun. Yeah. And that's that back attack card that when it comes in, you choose a forward other than it and you like pump it up and it can't be chosen by things. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think that that's going to be like a really cool card. You also, you guys know, I like, uh, the like, oh, counter the thing you did to my guy kind of cards. So mm -hmm. I think that that card's really neat. Also, I am very, very excited, uh, for the new Ramza because, we finally are seeing that we are getting more Final Fantasy Tactics characters. We talked about that, mm -hmm. how the uh, the Rafa was indicative of at least two more characters coming. So if we can get him down, uh, you know I like my knights, dude. And uh, this Ramza with the Beatrix being able to be like like this, you know, basically get like a five cost reduction uh, mm -hmm. and do things about two different forwards on your opponent's side. I think that's really cool. Uh, my third, my honorable mention is going to be the Water Ice Legend Celestia because I'm yeah. a water nut, and I think that that card helps you with some of the greedier water strategies, uh, protect them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I really like new Golbez and, and Brunavels as well. I don't know what, if you guys maybe reviewed it last week. I didn't get a chance mm. to check it out The yet. Golden God? Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's sneaky good I, th I think he'll be better than a lot of people initially thought at least from the comments i was seeing on facebook i think mm. he'll he'll be pretty strong we certainly talked about how easy it was to make this guy a dirt cheap 10k at the yeah. very least so yep. it was like uh you know i, I think that uh, the price is right 
on him. And so, yeah, he will be seeing some play. Yep, I agree. Um, if I had to pick an honorable mention, I would say I, I do like the new Cecil, but every time I see that Cecil coming into play, cool, I'm going to fight this thing. No, you're not, because Leviathan's going to come down and just... <laughs> and th- thanks for trying. I'll draw this card now and watch your Cecil go bye-bye. Um, but I also, I also I do like... My, my honorable mention is actually the uh, Palom. I, it's finally a, yeah. a good palom in fire. Yeah. So I like it. I like it a lot. But, uh, you know, that's all the news we've got. Right now, we're going to switch gears here. Again, we've talked about just this is the third week of us kind of pivoting away um, just because there's not much else to talk about when it comes to Final Fantasy TCG at the moment, just with no events and everything still being in downtime. We've talked about other avenues of gaming. And I know we're not alone in this. Everyone's been exploring other avenues in this past year. Um, but we're going to, and one of the things we talked about was how, you know, board games is something that I play very casually and John plays, he, John plays to win. If he's not in it to win it, then he doesn't, he doesn't want to be there. Um, but we, we heard here, uh, we, the foreman reached out to us and said, I don't just try to win board games. I try to break them. I try to meta the shit out of them and try hard the shit out of them. So what we're going to do now is uh, form and talk. At me, I'm casual board gamer. I love my Pop-O-Matic Trouble, my uh, Wacky Doctor's Game Operation, but I also love the Resident Evil board game. I also love um, things like um, things like Scythe. I do like things like you know Ticket to Ride, Arkham Horror, things that have a little bit more complexities to them. T- tell me how to get better at those. Talk to me, Goose. I think so for me this really stems from um you guys can probably tell with like um the the cards I talk about I'm pretty interested in in design as just a like mm-hmm. design philosophy and balance in card games and in board games so I think that's kind of where it stems from for me is I'm I'm trying to look at how they're trying to design the game and then um from there how can I break it how can I break their design or how can I do something that maybe is not intended but is still in the game that you can you know take advantage of i think kind of the like to draw on an fftcg example to start would be kind of like back in the day with turbo you have this gesper card that jordan kind of famously broke where it's supposed to be a symmetrical effect right like that's how they're designing the card you know each of you discards you know it's it's going to be fair cuz you're on cp he found a way to break it where you know you're drawing a card and then on the stack you're just um discarding the opponent's card with an empty hand you still get a card back mm-hmm. um so i think the easiest way or one of the easiest ways to to break games is you look for effects that are supposed to be symmetrical and you find a way to to break that symmetry um in, in, it's the same thing in in board games if you can figure out something that does that um and that's where a lot of it comes from um the, the one thing i'll say right up front is if you're going into board games with this mindset make sure you're with the right group of people because <laughs> like like uh like chris was saying you know not everyone is looking to to approach i would say most people probably aren't going with this extreme of approach to to board games so you, you got to know your audience or else somebody's going to have a bad time either the the casual person that just gets crushed or you're going to have a really bad time because no one really cares about the game as much as you are so I, i'm lucky i have a couple of friends um that live around here that are kind of of the same mindset where 
we're down to just do the most BM shit to each other in these board games as long as, you know, it gets one of us the win. And and that's kind of the, the attitude we go in with. Um, and then we have some other friends that we know when they're playing, it's, you know, a little more either cooperative games or casual kind of thing. But John, I think you've kind of experienced some of that too, right? Yeah, uh, I told a story on the other cast that it, like sticks with me about how I was playing Risk with like my friends, like family members, like they were like home to visit. <laughs> they were like home to visit for the holiday or something. It like wasn't even like my family, and I was just getting so frustrated that like like this one person is just like winning so obviously and plainly in the light of day, and the other people are just like ignoring it as if somehow in two hours like the, the game will change and there's a chance that they win. And I sit there and I'm like, is there not? Do you not want? to win is that not ever are you thinking about it even and like and they will like they were laughing at me and i got like knocked out and they're like oh look where all your gamesmanship got you and i'm like no <laughs> dude like like stop like they're all like laughing together and i'm just like no you're wrong you're wrong <laughs> it's just yeah it definitely you want to make sure the mentalities are lining up man because otherwise it's uh it, like i was just getting frustrated in a way i couldn't even put into words like and they just didn't understand at all why I was frustrated even like to any amount. Like, they thought it was the funniest thing in the world that I like cared so much. Yeah. Yeah, so I have a I have a list. I don't know, Chris, do you have any uh any advice on the on the right group or anything to add there? As far as just making sure you go in with the right group. Have well, you oh, have, have you right. gone in with think, the wrong and people? You, and I think you'll know you typically you've got yourself you've got your group that you have your board game or game night with yeah and so you you, you kind of going going into the game you know and i think if you're doing something different like um one of the first examples we had was uh we played what was it called the haunt house on hill haunting house on hill house i don't know house betrayal. Haunting, uh, betrayal. yeah betrayal. yeah betrayal of the house on haunt yeah the so house had that, the, that was, the hill the, <laughs> haunt, the hell and the hell house haunt, you know, house? that that thing um and that was a little more complex. And my, my friend at the time, his wife and my wife don't really play games super competitively like that, but me and my friend do. So like we're, you know, but we we kind of go into this thing where we're just like, all right, well, this is this is how this game is. One person's gonna end up being the bad guy here. So I think you if you explain what's gonna happen beforehand, they kind of know what to expect. But I think there's also times too where like I would you know depending on what we're doing, like I might get really into something like, Oh shit. I really, this is so cool. Like this just checks all the boxes, but I, I'll have to hold that back. If the other people in the group don't really want to do that. If they're just, you know, the game is just kind of the centerpiece of us talking and having drinks. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. I get, I took the long way around to say, if you're going to have a game, that's going to be more complex, make sure everybody's kind of on the same page first. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And and be very aware, obviously, if you're teaching of the rules, and oh, yeah. that makes everything much smoother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I have a list of um, kind of board game mechanics that I think translate pretty well from FFTCG. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have any others, but I'll, I'll. So the big one for me, and I guess this is kind of iffy if it's like FFTCG, but um, you know, drafting for any card games that you've played mm-hmm. there's a ton of drafting in, in board games um some of it's like the main kind of focus of the game um like sushi go if you're familiar with that or yeah or of... party picnic palace dude yummy World. there you party go picnic palace. um so a lot of those carry over from like the limited drafting or cube if you're a fan of that or even just evaluating cards like power level just even if you're looking at it from a constructed standpoint 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had like combo building and that kind of goes along with drafting, but not always. But um, there's all types of synergies in board games. That's kind of why you play. You're looking for these synergies between two different systems, how you can uh, maximize that synergy. And it's kind of the same thing in FF when you're when you're building a deck or even playing. Like, how can I maximize it? And, and this one's kind of generic, but just being as efficient as possible. Like in, in most board games, efficiency is highly rewarded. Kind of the same in FF. If you're playing at a high level, you want all of your turns to be as efficient as they can be, not waste any mana if possible. Um, and board games are kind of the same way. If, if you're tryharding, you're going to want to be thinking a couple turns ahead to kind of maximize your uh, your efficiency on your turns. All I'm going to say is don't say an unkind word about Lord Bunford Burger. <laughs> dude, Bunford, he comes in for four points, dude. It's it's a lot of points. All right. All right. Sizzling Bunford, hot. He, yeah. yeah. So man, talk I, to me about this game, because I've never played it, and you, you guys both have. Uh, no, I, I haven't. I just played, love the cards. He just hears me talk. Yeah, he's okay, nice, pictures nice. of the cards. Um, so it's a lot like, it's literally made by the same people who make Sushi Go. So it's a lot like Sushi Go. Okay. Uh, nice. it, it's literally. Um, you have three invitation cards and there's three rows of face down cards in the middle of the table. Uh, and then players take turns going around the table and you can either use your turn to flip a card face up in one of the rows, or you can use one of your invitations to score all the face up cards in a row. Right. And then cards will have like, um, if you get multiples of the same card, they stack up in points like, okay, so one strawberry is one points, two strawberries is three points, three strawberries is five points. Right. But then there's yeah. other cards that are worth more. So it's like, oh, uh, cheesy pizza, dude, cheesy pie. Dude, one cheesy pie is only worth one point, but two is five points. Three is ten points. Like, shit gets out of hand real fast, right? Right, So right. it's like, okay, there's uh, there's less cheesy pies in the whole deck than there are of the other cards. So it's always, like, knowing how many of each card are in the deck and, like, what has been seen so far and... And, you know, you play three rounds, and you usually use... Um, with three players, you'll use, like, I'd say 90% of the deck. With four players, you'll use the whole deck. So it really is, like... Um, it's like knowing what's been... What's come up already, and what's coming up later. And you have to kind of walk this line of, like, getting a good invite. Like, getting enough face-up cards, but not creating too much value in a row that, like, Someone other people will score it. the rows. Yeah, and then, like, you you know that there's going to be, like, three actions in between now and, and the next turn I get. And, like, yeah, it's, like, all kinds of this strategy just starts to develop and you start to realize, like, it's just a lot of really great choices. And you can see, like, the impact your choice is going to have immediately. And it's all about drafting. It's all about, like, uh, getting signals from the other people based on kind of, like, what they score, or like, what they're flipping. Uh, you can kind of figure out what their strategies are. And there's, like, two different kinds of cards that change things throughout the game but for the most part those are like all the mechanics right and uh and so you score over three rounds it's very simple it's very straightforward but it's basically it's 100 percent just like a drafting game that's it and you're just drafting like uh like open in the middle of the table what is that called uh is that rochester what's the draft style where they're all similar to rochester yeah yeah it's like that except we're taking turns not just drafting but also like revealing what's there to draft so it's very interesting. It's also like ten dollars. I highly recommend it. Very fun. Yeah, I, I definitely gotta check it out. What's the what's the broken strat? The broken strat in Yummy World. It's uh people highly highly undervalue the lowest scoring guy, but they're easy to stack. 
right? Right, right, right. So it's like, uh, oh, yeah, man, maybe getting five strawberries only gets me, like, 12 or 15 points. But, man, 12 points is insane when if you've only gotten, like, two out of a bunch of different things, they're, like, three points total. Uh, also, right. uh, Chris was joking about Bunford Burger, but Bunford Burger is nuts. Uh, Bunford Burger <laughs> is just four points, right? But he doesn't stack. So right. the nice thing about those is there's Bunford Burgers, four points. Frankie, the hot dog, is three points. And uh, Flaco Taco is two points. And these cards just exist as just like, oh, it'll always be worth two. But like, those are good too. Just getting, you know, scoring points. I think that people really need to pay attention to like, uh, like the average number of points they score around, kind of. And like, oh, any path I can take to get like the mid-teens or low-20s is just yeah. a successful path. Have you broken down like the average amount of points each card should be worth to like win? So, uh, like, like no, like so, yeah, no, that level yet? No, I wouldn't say we've done that. And I love that idea of that already. I love being asked that question. It's like, yeah, I should do that. I should know exactly what I want at every given time, not just like feeling out good strategies, kind of thing. Yeah, so like we played a lot of Sushi Go because it's like you said, I think it's the same makers, so it's pretty similar. It's yeah. a simple drafting game. Like my parents have played it with me and all my extended family. Um, but we got pretty tryhard with it. And so basically, if each card that you get is worth two and a half points at the end of the game, you're probably going to win or be close. Anything less than that is like you're going to be, you're not going to win. So you're so always you trying to score a one point card like you're that's really bad the kind of thing. Right, exactly. And so there's certain cards like um if you played Sushi Go there's this kind of multiplier card. It multiplies like a future card. Um so that card is like worth, you know, who knows how much. If you multiply it by, you know, a 3 point card, it's crazy value and it's insane. But yeah. if you only get a 1 on it, then you're you're kind of struggling cuz now between the two cards, it's only three points total, so it's it's one one and a half points each. So that kind of stuff is super interesting to me, from like a design perspective of like, okay, how do we balance this stuff? Is something like way out of line? Can I find something that's way out of line that they didn't see? Um, that sort of thing. There is one other mechanic in the game that's worth mentioning because I think it uh, it kind of applies to some of these angles you're talking about right now. So there's one card called Poly Pickle. And Polly Pickle, Pickle, baby. Polly Pickle is not worth any points. Polly Pickle, okay. however, can stay. You keep him in between the rounds. Like everything else resets between rounds, right? Um, and there's three rounds in the game. So Polly Pickle, uh, instead of using an action to like flip a card or take a row, uh, you can take one card out of any row and just score it. So Polly Pickle is crazy. Because Polly Pickle lets you take a turn without flipping a card or using an invite. And that's insane. Like, that's just nuts right. in that game, right? Like, so what happens is, like, you can score Paul early. And, yeah, he's no points. And so, like, a row is worth a bit less if he's there. But you can keep him for the third round. And then when you're at the third round and you kind of have a lot of information about, like, what's left in the deck, uh, what other people need to do to win and score, and you just can take it. And you can not only totally counter other people's picks like devalue an entire row for a certain player by taking a certain card out of it. But you also can very easily build like a high combo on your own and you get all these extra turns where you're scoring cards every turn because flipping a card is never scoring. Right. So like you are like, okay, I'll use an invite and then I'll poly pickle three times and I still can use two invites and you just get into these really, really like strong turns uh, where like you sacrifice points earlier 
that just have like like the efficiency of your turn is just like through the roof. Yeah, and, and I think part of um, what you need to have when kind of looking at board games this way is you have to have a lot of faith in the designer of the game that they didn't just like throw a card in just because they're like, oh, this might be cool. You know what I mean? You have to have a lot of yeah, faith yeah, that yeah. they like really took a long look at every single interaction or at least had good intentions with every single card and every single card had a purpose. I There's think a lot of worse than a poorly designed game, that's for sure. That's right. True. I think you can find that in little rules too, right? So, like for Polly, for example, just to keep on the example we're already using, um, yeah. if you've used all three of your invitation cards for a round, you actually can't use Paul anymore. Like you're you're done for your turn. So, like you can't hold them and just keep using them at the end. You know, like they they definitely had this moment when testing the game, right, where somebody had like just used all their invites and was still Polly pickling to like ruin other people's invites. Right, and, like right, it forces you to stay, like, basically stay in the hand, quote unquote, for for yep. a while to be able to use those cards. And yeah, so I think that like you're right that it's it's really how these things are implemented. It can't just be a cool idea; right? it has to be done well. Yeah, and you can get that from recommendations from other people, and obviously like reviews and stuff. If it's well reviewed, usually it's going to be well designed and mm -hmm. and not have any major design flaws. But even if it's well designed, I think. Maybe a lot of people that are more casual like will just pick up a card and say, like, oh, this card sucks. Why is it even in the game? Instead of saying, like, instead of looking at it like, why is this in the game? They look at it and just kind of dismiss it as like, oh, this is just one of the shitty cards in the game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so I, I think there's a lot, like, kind of like what you're saying, like, people will um, undervalue certain things just because it, it looks pretty bad on the surface. But if you really want to try to kind of maximize points and break a game you have to kind of understand why each card is in there um and yeah, like, like what they, they were intending this exact number of these guys for a reason right <laughs> like exactly this ratio is like this for a reason yeah yeah now do you guys both um now again like i said i, I look at board games through a super casual lens um do are you guys ever able to switch that off? Like if you're playing, say, like holidays is the perfect example. You've got family over, um, you know, maybe maybe you've got some youngins who want to play a board game, something. Do you are you guys ever able to switch that off, or are you just like fuck that? We're just gonna play a board game where I can't do that. No. Or does that even exist? <laughs> no, I can't turn it off. I can't. It doesn't I, exist. I, I've gotten better. Um, if I know the game is one where I can't do that then i will just teach and and so then i get really excited when like i do this with my cousins a lot um when we get together like i'll get really excited when they're doing good and they're picking up on the concepts mm -hmm. and so i can kind of like play vicariously through them but I, i'm nice. not you know i don't have to like be super try hard and make everyone else have a bad time. So I, I'll just get excited teaching them and, and having them like kind of discover the game. Um, I've gotten a little bit better. <laughs> Go ahead, John. I was just gonna say, I can't do it. I can't do it when like my dad is literally like one victory point away from winning Katana. He's like, does anybody have any sheep? And my, sister, <laughs> my sister's just like, Oh, I have a sheep. What do you have? And I'm like, no, stop. Like whatever the hell you're building doesn't matter. Stop. You're not ever going to get to build whatever you're trading the sheep for. The man is one victory point away from winning. And then they'll be like, well, why'd you tell them that? Why did I tell them that they're on the table in front of you? Well, so I, I will say to, I, to that I, point, I, can't. 
I think my maybe my family is just more competitive than most families, but that sort of stuff is like all on the table and fine for like even my extended family. Oh, I mean, nice. we grew up playing uh, like uh, euchre and tons of card games, like mm-hmm. traditional card games. Uh, and it's still pinochle is still like a a lot of times if we go on vacation, there's like a, a week long pinochle tournament where like you play with different partners and you keep track of scores and there's oh, like man. a winner and stuff. So I I think probably and, and this probably leads to why I'm so competitive in a lot of these games mm-hmm. is just maybe my extended family is just more competitive than a lot of others. But like if if any of my family members called that out, like that would be a hundred percent fair game and everyone would be like, Yeah, don't give them that fucking sheep or you're gonna fucking <laughs> we're gonna yeah, lose this I'm game. Like, guy, yeah. I will literally be like, Do not I will not trade this person any sheep and nobody should trade this person any sheep. Right. And, but they're like well, how do you know he's he's gonna win? I'm like, because I'm counting the points. Like, but but what they do is, and I I understand that I can't blame them for this. Like, they are just playing the game like solitaire, right? Like, all oh, the dice get rolled, right, I get right. resources. The other players are just here for me to like trade with them, and I'm just trying mm-hmm. to like build up my thing and see if I can get to ten points first. And it's like, it's not trying to see if I can get to ten points first by like putting something in front of the other guy, tripping the guy to my left, and, like, tying that guy's shoes together. It's just, like, I'm just going to run and do my best and see if I get to the end of the line first. And I'm like, no, 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 dude. I'm going to break his legs. I'm going to take his shoes. And then I'm going <laughs> to get across the line first. It's going to be great. Um, so I get that, like, you know, uh, they're just playing it to, like, they're having fun. Like, oh, I got some resources. Oh, I'm training. Oh, I'm building. Oh, I'm I'm creating like, oh, this thing. Oh, I get thing. to build this city, but they're, I'm like, ten fun. points behind. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I'm, like, I wasted two hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, those are those are the differences there. And so uh, a lot of times what I'll end up doing is they ask if I would like to play, and um, I just say, you know, like, no, I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'll play, like once every few times right that's mm-hmm. like the way that i because i can't turn it off i know it's like mm-hmm. not fair to them for me to just be sitting there like either try harding so much a or b like getting frustrated and making everybody else like forcing them to try a little harder by like right. not letting them trade with each other and things like that like like these guys uh they still sit down to play right so mm-hmm. clearly they're not not enjoying the game because they're not winning so yeah. uh i need to like not impose my like how I enjoy the game as much on them. No, that's fair. And you do that by in a lot of those situations, just not just not sitting at the table. And I think that's yeah. also fine. But also too, like I think when there's times where like I know I don't want to play a game, but I want to hang out, I'll sit at the table with them and just kind of like almost like preside over the game. And like I'll I'll catch somebody slips like oh hey you can't do that the rules say this you and know, you judge or whatever I'll <laughs> you judge. judge. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> Fucking okay. Judge Chris on his chocobo, baby. You hear the fucking whistle? <laughs> pull the flag up. I gave Mom a red card, dude. That's it. Right. Ejected her straight from Thanksgiving. <laughs> I will. I'll do it. I will do it in a heartbeat. Chris, no you, mentioned, you mentioned uh, Scythe. What other, besides that one, or maybe that one included, mm-hmm. have you had any like competitive board games you've gotten really into? Um, Not necessarily. Um. Because what I like as far as when I sit down to play a board game, I look for either like a really fun like IP or I initially look for like a cooperative experience that maybe has like an asymmetrical type thing to it. Like one of my favorite board games I have. Um, and most of the time I buy my board games at Gen Con. Um, two that I have. Uh, one is uh, The Thing. It's a board game based on the John Carpenter movie, The Thing. Yeah. And it's one of those, it's, it's one of those games where 
some at some point in the game, somebody is clearly a bad guy. And that person has to pretty much play both sides. They have to still be good enough and like kind of help uh, progress the objectives, but also have their ulterior motive. Like those are the type of games that I like because it's still cooperative in a sense that there's that, you know, you're still trying to work together, but somebody in the room is trying to fuck all of you. And I like games that let you toe that line because you can be competitive, but you can also be casual at the same time. It kind of toes that line between both. So yeah. the old werewolf it, game. Type right. Thing. Right. Things like that. Like those are the type of board games that I really sink my teeth into. No pun intended with the werewolf. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. But, um, but that's what I look for. Um, and most of the game, like games like Scythe, usually um, when we go, my wife's family lives in Ohio. We usually go up there around Christmas time. Um, and she has a cousin that is a huge board gamer. And usually we'll play whatever they bring, be it competitive, cooperative, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so outside of outside of those, I really don't have much experience. Because I, you know, I usually just, I'm like, All right, show me how to play it. I don't really dive too deep into the rules and if i make a mistake i'm just like oh, okay cool well, let's just do that over you know what i mean like I, but yeah. i'm also as a, as a consummate gamer i'm usually really quick to pick up the rules on a board game um because a lot of the terminology is pretty universal across the board yeah um, if you can learn a C- tcg like the terminology 100%. is just way easier to learn for everything yeah exactly but yeah as far as, as i i typically outside of like your basic like your your shoots and ladders your trouble your parcheesi your yahtzee no, we were saying that we wanted uh you to help us break life Dude, yeah, break is, there, is there like a best family comp yeah i don't know that's really interesting actually <laughs> two kids forty thousand damage so uh a person who enjoys what we call real board games and i actually had started calling them real board games because of this person uh, said uh-huh. that they're automatically not talking about anything that's ever been made by Milton Bradley or, like, <laughs> wow. any of those games. Well, because they're, like, these games are just, like, old. Like, when when it was, like, hey, uh, I've come up with the most basic set of rules for people to sit around mm-hmm. and, like, enjoy what we call a game, right? And, right. That, uh, and like, things like uh, the Game of Life, they say, is the worst game ever made because it's actually not a game. It's a non-game. They said mm-hmm. you don't do anything. Things just happen to you, and then the yep. game is over, and someone wins. It's like yep. you never made any choices. There's like sometimes you pick between three things, but that's it. You've never made any choices. Like you, you had no agency over the outcome. It just happened to you, and then the game was over. <laughs> They're like yeah. it's not even a game. It doesn't now, count. Now, one thing that I think gets lost in the shuffle here when we're talking about board games and competitive, I actually do enjoy playing games like chess checkers backgammon those are games that i can play competitively because that's that's literally just a one-on-one type of thing so you have to be competitive i think yeah by its nature even if both players are not very good like you're always competing head to head in those types but when you add that third player that fourth player into it to me it feels i guess that that's kind of my how i feel across the board when when you add a third and a fourth player to something there's so many variables at that point that to me you could play your absolute best and still not still not win because of some because of just more variables or more potential randomness. So usually with more multiplayer things, I can switch it off. But when it's one on one, when it's head to head, oh fucking forget mm. about it. It's it's you know. I really mm. like that point, Chris. It's it's a mm-hmm. that's a really kind of clear cut way to mm-hmm. think of it. Like oh yeah, once you go past two players, like yeah. 
it, I can't, it's not competitive anymore kind of thing. Right. Like, like yeah, this is too let's, much let's, look at, let's look at Smash Brothers as the perfect example. There are people who play, when you're playing competitive Smash, it is 1v1, no items, you're on fucking Final Destination, whatever. That that's Smash, but you throw that third player in there, you're not playing competitive Smash anymore. You're playing you're playing a party game at that point. You know what I mean? I hear you, dude. I hear you. I, and then I look at it right away and I think of like, well, cart, dude. I mean, I'm I'm trying to beat eleven sure. other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, no, but sometimes you know that's uh like there isn't really a one v one version there. So like sometimes mm-hmm. these things are competitive in a group by nature. But I can see yep. how like. And those people are like, yeah, man, and I've never taken Mario Kart competitively in my life. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that, that makes sense, too. Um, and I say, we talked about this, actually, during the casual versus competitive game, how a lot of the best games like that allow the competitive person to sit next to the casual person, and the casual person can be like, oh, I threw a blue shell. I don't know what this does. And it just bombs the guy in front like, right. the most competitive yeah. player in first place, right? And it's like, these people can enjoy the game side by side. Um mm-hmm. Uh, because of the way the game's designed and nintendo is really good at that yes i agree yeah i would say chris if you're looking so there's one game i wanted to bring up just because i Mm -hmm. think it has a lot of surprising overlap between um fftcg and a couple Mm -hmm. other things but there's this game called pixel tactics have either of you guys heard about it i've seen the box i've been very curious about it yeah, so this game has a little bit of like EDH feel to it, and mm-hmm. then a lot of kind of um, TCG in it as well. So, the, and, and the pixel art kind of harkens back to, you know, the old Final Fantasies. So if you're into that kind of art style, like oh, absolutely. all the characters are um, unique. It's like unique IP. They just made up these characters, but they're all kind of the pixel art style. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's a grid based system. So um, if you buy like a Pixel Tactics set, it's two identical decks. Mm-hmm. So and you're each going to play the same exact deck, which sounds boring, but I'll get to why in a in a second. Each card though has like at minimum four different ways to play that card. Well, that's awesome. So there's like four modes basically on each card, and it it depends on which row that you deploy them in your grid. And so you have this grid, it's three by three, so nine total cards. Mm-hmm. And like you can deploy them as, I think it's called like a Vanguard for like the front. And then they're like, they have more of like a tanky ability. Or you can deploy them as kind of like a mage in the back line. And they have like a ranged ability or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, um, I'm looking at the cards here because I've actually never looked at the cards, but it looks like they're, they're dual, like they're almost like how like a playing card has like a face on the top and the bottom. Bottom, but one looks like a named character and the other one just looks kind of like a generic job character. Right. And so the the cool thing is if you flip the card, mm-hmm. it becomes essentially your commander for that game. That's really cool. So your commander is in the middle of the field and they have like a crazy ability typically that like, you know, is kind of like a macro ability that affects the whole game. Mm-hmm. And as soon as your commander dies, you lose. Um, okay. But they have like more health and they have like a, a very unique ability. And so you'll have the same decks, but if you choose different commanders, then it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. You're basically playing two different games and trying to, you know, outsmart each other. And it's also like a 1v1. And it, it's a game I've been looking to kind of potentially break. Like I, I haven't played it a ton. I played it a little bit with my brother, who's mm-hmm. also kind of the same mindset of like we, we like kind of tryharding and, and seeing the most broken stuff we can do and, and this game's kind of ripe for that 
This game so, looks really cool, actually. Like I'm looking at, like, I'm looking at like images of the cards and everything. It looks really this cool. This game reminds me so much of. It has to be from the same series. Is there? There's like a a game that is like a. It's like the three v three fighting game, like you know, like um, like Marvel vs. Capcom, but it's mm-hmm. like a board game that's like pixel something. God damn. What is? Yeah, this I don't know. But it's kind of like this. It's like we there's like a deck of uh, of like heroes that have like oh this is my uh, ability one ability two and my like special and my ultra move and then mm-hmm. you guys draw uh, cards from a deck that are literally buttons. So it's like like A button, B button, and C button, and it's like oh the combo is like A A B, and I have to like play down my cards like buttons. Oh wow! And then, I've never heard of that. Yeah, and you're literally like fighting. Um, their other guys and you both have like a guy who's in front and then you can literally tag out for another dude like literally like marvel vs. capcom turned into a board game nice. um, and i want to say it, it might be made by these same people because this looks like they're doing something like that and it's just turned it into like okay that was a fighting game this is a final fantasy tactics style yep. game right. right where where they've created like a pseudo grid for you to kind of navigate i think this looks so cool yeah, and so you, I, they were gonna make an online version of, of Pixel Tactics that you could mm-hmm. just like play. I think it it um, got shut down or kind of shelved for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can play on like um, tabletop simulator and things like that. And there's like, I I was looking into it. Um, there's like a ban list for people that are still playing this. Like certain commanders are banned and stuff. Oh, that's pretty. Funny. Um, so I think people are still playing it i don't know how big the community is or anything like that but this is one of those that i thought had a lot of kind of crossover appeal to a lot of the listeners if they're interested just because of the art and having played similar games like this just looking through this it looks very cool this is on my list uh yeah i'm actually glad you gave it your seal of approval because it's something like you said because you know my lgs has a lot of board games and this is one that there's obviously a bunch of different like decks and versions and stuff that are out there and i've always looked at i was like this looks really cool but I don't know where to start. Um, where would I start? So I would I just get to... one. Of, so there's Pixel Tactics. It's like one through five, I think. Each mm-hmm. one of those, you buy like one box. And it's like I said, inside the box is just two identical decks that you okay. can like battle against one another. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, I think number one and number four are the like the highest rated ones. Okay. Um, and so I would look for one of those. Like I think number four introduced the concept of kind of like using your cards as like an instant. Mm-hmm. So like the earlier sets, there was, you know, you could play them down a bunch of different places, but the number four, some of them have like instants that you can hold in your hand and like counter what they're trying to do. Cool. Um, yeah, so I would look at that. I have a couple other games that people are interested. Um, so Res Arcana, have either of you guys heard about this? No, never. I feel like this I played is... a game called Res on Xbox. <laughs> I played Res that did Evil 2, the board game. So, yeah, so this is a game. It's set in kind of like a fantasy universe, and you get... You start off as like you have a class, like a, a mage, or there's like a necromancer. Already a couple, down. Couple classes, mm-hmm. and you get dealt. So you can play it a couple different ways, but mm-hmm. um, you basically you get this ten card deck. Mm-hmm. That's your entire. That's your deck for the entire game, and there's these like shrines that you're trying to buy. And so basically the whole point is you're looking at this 10 card deck and trying to maximize the combos within it and like discover mm-hmm. the combos within 
that deck of cards to like be the most efficient and buy these shrines and and other points um the best way possible uh you can also play it where you draft your 10 card deck that you're going to start with so you you start passing the cards around and you can kind of draft combos and then you you play the game and you get to like realize those combos and be super efficient it's relatively quick game there's a lot of uh variability especially if you draft it Mm -hmm. um and that one gets pretty pretty intense it's like one to four players so um, nice that one's pretty good um i have let's see i have have three more so nidavalier i don't think it's actually out yet in the states let me look it up star uh, I don't know if it's a star. It's like a, this game is like a dwarf. It's like about drafting dwarves. There you go. Um, I just know I, you know, watched whatever that Infinity War. Isn't that where they go to make the, the axe for? Uh, oh, maybe because Nidavellir is like a, it yeah. could be like a forge, like a play on the, yeah, the yeah, dwarves. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Nice. Um. Yeah. So it looks like this one releases in April in the U.S. Um, okay. But it is really, really good. Um, you're drafting kind of like Seven Wonders scoring. Have you guys played Seven Wonders? No, mm-hmm. I have not. Okay. Um, so there's like different four different colors, and each of the colors of dwarves score differently. So like one of them is like exponential. Like the more of these you get, like the more mm-hmm. points you get on an exponential curve. One of them is just like you just add up the values, but their values on average are higher, um, etc. But there's also this really cool mechanic if you're into like um, kind of like league or MOBAs or things like that, where like economy is like a really big deal, or even like TFT or uh, the mm-hmm. auto battlers. Um, you're bidding on these dwarves, blind bidding, and like the higher coins obviously give you first pick of each row. But there's also a way to upgrade your coins and like basically upgrade your economy throughout the game. So you have to kind of balance, you know, bidding high to get the cards that you want, but also using those high coins to like upgrade your economy better for like future turns. Um, so that, you know, you don't get outpaced and other people just have like a 20 coin and you still just have a five that you can never win the bid and get the card you need. Um, okay. It sounds. It it sounds complicated, but I, I've had really good success with teaching this to like everyone, and it's it's been a really big hit with people. Um, yeah, and if people are interested, you can just message me, and I'll send you the link to these games or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. For whoever you're listening, because I'm always in a. I'd love to see them too, because I'm always, I am, always, in the in the market for a new board game. Yeah, I'll I'll hook you up, Chris. You can you guys can just come down once this pandemic's all uh, all dude, done, and we it. and we can break some stuff. Yeah, it'll be good. I'll add it to the list, dude, of uh, things to do when this is all right. Absolutely. <laughs> I I guess the last one I'll say is is Scythe. Um, so mm. I I think you guys have played it. That's probably my favorite game of all time right now. I haven't. I've not played it. Um, just played it. There there's a lot going on in this one. So this one. Um, you probably only want to buy or um, try if, if everyone's down to play for like an hour or more and, and there's a lot of systems going on. But it's like it's basically an efficiency puzzle, but each of you has like a special power. You're taking uh, part of like a clan. It's in like post-World War II 
-hmm. but um it's like alternate history where like tesla made all these crazy mechs uh it's a pretty cool it's (laughs) a pretty cool timeline you're you're talking and that's that's actually what turned me on to it yeah um i'm a sucker a fucking sucker for alternate history yeah um and so that one's really good Uh, there's a lot going on it's like a pretty big efficiency puzzle but there's some Mm -hmm. combat mixed in and uh all the unique powers it's it's cool um to kind of experiment with those and try to try to break them so um but yeah i could spend probably a whole podcast talking about that game so we don't have to dive too much into it i think go go ahead yeah no No, go ahead please Continue. Uh, no, please, the only no, thing I was going to say no. is uh, we, we didn't really touch on legacy games, and I know that was something no. um, that is of interest to you. Um, but yeah, Clank, we, uh, John was saying he had been playing that a bunch, and there's a Clank legacy game. For those who aren't familiar with what a legacy game is, it's basically mm-hmm. a, a board game that has some sort of campaign or some sort of like series of plays, and each time you play, something changes. And you Ooh, can't go that. back. So it, it changes the game permanently and you, you go through this campaign typically and, and things change and you can kind of like throw away cards or you can't use certain cards anymore. You add cards to your deck and then there's, you know, usually a winner or it's a cooperative campaign where you're just trying to, you know, beat the bad guys throughout. And, but, and usually the best example of that is Gloomhaven. That's usually the one that... Yeah, that's the definitely the most popular one right mm-hmm. now. It's probably one of the most involved. Um, but it very is very involved. <laughs> like yeah. you, you need like a an entire like dining room table that just permanently covered stuff. Or yeah. you need to get really good at putting away and taking out a lot of components. Like take snap snapshots of everything. Yeah, shout out to OB Taylor and, and Tawa. Uh, you guys know Tawa, but oh, we, we we played through uh, Gloomhaven over like the course of a year and a half, nice. um, and, and beat it. It's uh it can get a, kind of be a slog at some points, um, but it, it's good overall, and the system is really cool. And and you know you're constantly changing uh, the tools you have available. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, before we wrap up here, I just want to say, uh, as somebody who loves is a social person, loves social gathering, I highly recommend to anybody out there find a board game because there's there's a there is a board game out there for every human being on this planet, uh, from as casual as they come to the most competitive, metaing, game breaking board gamer out there. Um, so I think if it's something that people are curious to get into, you don't have to be this crazy in-depth gamer to get into it. You know, start yeah. start simple. Start with the childhood favorites. Start with your your Milton Bradley games. Then go up to, you know, things like um trying to think of a good like kind of tweener example. Something like uh like not Arkham Horror, Dude, but Catan something is like in baby's that. first Catan. real Catan board game. To ride. Yeah. Perfect example. Yeah. Yeah, I personally I would say don't even bother with milton bradley unless you have really unless you have like a good association with them as a kid Mm -hmm. um they might just make you think board games suck like (laughs) going back to monopoly (laughs) after playing a real board game is pretty painful uh the Um, way that we said it on the other cast dude is you know who's gonna win like three hours before the game is over and everybody else just sits there and waits for them to win it's just yep yeah it's rough so i would say like you guys said sushi go is like a really good intro to drafting Mm-hmm. um seven wonders is another one that's a little step up but also kind mm-hmm. of an intro game ticket to ride um Catan, 
there's a bunch but yeah look for something there's plenty of like youtube lists of like great intro games to check out and like Chris said, there, there's one for everybody absolutely and to, to to send us off from uh foreman galloway go ahead and uh what since right now we're still stuck in the middle of a pandemic uh you know social gatherings are you know usually not want to say they're frowned upon but they're you, you can't have the same game night you used to have yeah some places people can play some of these board games right now and also a lot of times some of these online avenues are free, so you can also get a nice little try before you buy, really. Yeah, so I would definitely recommend, especially obviously right now in the pandemic, some online stuff. So there's two websites. There's Board Game mm-hmm. Arena and Tabletopia. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those have, like, thousands of games that you can try. Most of them have some... Between the two of them, there's, like, tons of really highly rated ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they should be free to sign up. I think some of the games might be, like, quote-unquote premium where you have to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a ton of free games. And then the other big one is Tabletop Simulator, which um, th- people might be familiar with because you can yep. play TCGs on there. But that's, like, a $15 upfront. And then you can buy kind of modules or download modules. Just I haven't actually messed with it too much, but it's basically literally just like a table and you can like move stuff around. Yeah, it's <laughs> on very it, freeform. So. Yeah. It's actually where I play a lot of UFS. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so freeform that I have a hard time getting into anything on it. It's like weird. It's very freeform. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's uh, very it feels like, nilly. It feels like it belongs in a VR headset, but like was yes. designed like ten years before VR. <laughs> right, right. But I, I mean, that'd be cool, right, man? That's that's the thing. When we get the tabletop simulator VR, that would be dope. Go. There you I'm go. So yeah, there's there's plenty of ways to get out there and play some board games. And I think if you are you know a card gamer like the three of us sitting here, um, board games are just a nice escape from the norm. Um, you know, before the pandemic started, we had a game night every week. Um, you know, and it was it prim- it consisted primarily of uh, D and D, and that's another topic we'll talk about another day. Just you know, pencil and paper. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good cast. Know, RPGs. So you know, there's there's I think having a game night it's just a great way to get all your friends together, have some beers. We we'd almost turn it into almost like a dinner party sometimes too, mm-hmm. right? Right. So I highly recommend that to anybody out there with uh with that being said guys any final thoughts before we sign off nothing no, for I me don't think so. yeah enjoy some board games looking forward to uh new opus hopefully it changes up a bunch looks like it will mm-hmm. and uh yeah. yeah looking forward to it absolutely uh detective any uh any pa- parting thoughts from you big dog go by yummy world party at picnic palace Lord Bunford Burger. I'm definitely buying it for sure. The Bunford Burger, guys. In the other game, just to to throw my other, this was was what I was talking about. I think this one's really fun. And Ryan, I think there's a lot of room for two people to explore trying to find like the broken uh, combos in the game. It was called Ultra Deluxe 2D Arcade Mega Fighter. It's not made by the same people at all. It's just it's totally different. But it reminded me, Pixel Tactics reminded me a lot of it. Yeah, it's it's literally like. They turned uh, Marvel vs. Capcom into a board game, and it works out real well. Very fun. Indeed, indeed. I'm definitely checking it out. All right, but that's that's it. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's all we got for uh, for this week. We went a little long. We got you a nice little marathon for you. Next week we're gonna be back talking about some other games. We don't know what type of games yet, but we're gonna figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll have right. to, we'll just talk for two hours about the dice of the day. Oh, dude, I could talk about dice of the day. <laughs> In fact, these are different kinds of dice.
Some would some would call them die for plural, but you know. <laughs> they, they were created by Lord Alfred Dice. <laughs> Lord Alfred Dice. I was talking last night about uh Charles Edward Cheddar. I was trying to explain the origin of uh like Konstruksky. And just yes. like how how we just like overdevelop these like childhood characters' names. Well, it's well, it's like uh like TGI Fridays. I've named the guy Theodore Griffith Ian Friday, the purveyor, of <laughs> the purveyor of TGI Fridays. Yes, right. uh, and dude, we had um Alex was we were talking about like how uh, Chuck E. Cheese has a ghost kitchen right now. If you guys didn't know that, if you're looking at like Grubhub or any of those things, and you ever see Pasquale's Italian Kitchen, avoid, uh-huh. avoid, avoid. It's literally Chuck E. Cheese. No. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese literally oh, like making a pizza. It's like Pasquale's pizza. It's just Chuck E. Cheese pizza that they drive from the Chuck E. Cheese to your house. Oh, um, no. And we were laughing so hard. We were like, dude, can you imagine like other uniform that they come up to the door and it's like literally <laughs> it's still Chuck E. Cheese, but he has like a little Velcro mustache they put on it and it's like Pasquale's. And then as soon as they leave with the pizza, dude, they rip off the little mustache and they're like, ha, 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 got him, dude. I actually want it to be actually the actual Chuck E. Cheese mouse. He's just in the costume yeah, it's with the, the exact mustache. mouse. He just has the mustache. Dude. See, like the exact it's same just, uniform. It's one step further, it's the glasses with the nose and the mustache. You know. <laughs> Oh no! This is uh, Pasquale. <laughs> Pasquale Cheddar. Too funny. <laughs> his, his cousin, dude. His his well off uh, rich cousin. That's right, his Italian cousin. I fucking love it. Okay. I love it. Well, I, I think that's a good spot to end on, guys. So that's I'm it. signing off. Toodles. See ya, Pasquale. Thanks for joining us, Mr. Galloway. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, man, that was great. Thanks once again for listening to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you can head on over to rvareturners.com.